When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. looking at a remarkable idea, an idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality, for this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. Michael Deacon, Michael, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those conscious coma-inducing vibrations. First-time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity, live and direct, and in the flesh. You can find the podcast rendition of this program on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CastBox. For more information, please go to michaeldeacon.com. Now joining me tonight is Eric Kajewski. He is the founder and owner of Tradcat Night, the most followed and viewed traditional Catholic apostolate worldwide, specializing in the message of Fatima, prophecy, and end times. He has been featured on various Catholic and alternative news outlets. And of course, after the break, Marilyn Hughes joins us. She is the founder of the Out of Body Travel Foundation, 2003 Mission Reduce Spiritual and Physical Hunger Worldwide. Marilyn has written 98 plus books, 40 magazines, and around 15 CDs on out of body travel and comparative religious mysticism. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. I hope you're doing well out there wherever you are. Thank you to those in America for supporting the program and also those outside of America. I hope this message finds you. As always, we have business to attend to. Don't just sit back behind your keyboards and mobile devices. Put them to use. Let your voices be heard here tonight. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Now let's get down to brass tacks and bring Eric in now. Eric, are you well? I am well, sir. 
How are you? Fantastic. I'm doing pretty good here, and I'm glad you are joining us here tonight. So much has been going on around the world. People are people are in a mess mm -hmm. mentally. I'm sure yeah. you would agree with that. Yeah, no doubt about it, Michael. Awful lot happening. Uh, you know, from our perspective as Catholics, uh, we kind of see the world through through different lenses, uh, as you know. And uh, for those of you uh, who are not familiar with my work, uh, I run a very popular Catholic website called uh, tradcatnight.org. We just passed our one-year anniversary, and we're really kicking kicking butt and taking names. Uh, Michael been doing an awful lot of media appearances over the last few weeks. Did a couple big shows like uh, Kev Baker, uh, Richie Allen, a very popular show out in Europe. And uh, we're just trying to expose all the atrocities that have been happening uh, inside the church. But uh, essentially, the Catholic Church has been taken over uh, by Luciferians, by modernists, by Masons, by Marxists. So but people today, uh, you know, if you're listening to this broadcast, uh, certainly get over to my website and join us. I do some podcasting myself, but you're going to see very clearly how... Uh, at the end of the day, you can't equate uh, what's going on with the Vatican with Catholicism. It's not right. Catholics or the Catholic Church doing this uh, to the world. These people aren't Catholic. <laughs> Francis uh, does not at all. I mean, we could we could give him a whole host of names and, and say he's this or that, but he's certainly not a Catholic. And uh, many more people, by the way, uh, Michael, are coming to the realization of that. There, there's a, 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 a big feud amongst traditionalists. Uh, as to who is actually the Pope, many more people are, are beginning to see what I originally said. I was the first person to come out and say Francis was an anti-Pope. And I, I can't recall if I, I touched upon this uh, in times past, uh, Michael, in, in terms of how in church history there's been about 50 anti-Popes. And anti-Popes are, are just a reference to a false or an imposter Pope, meaning he's he's not the real Pope and he has no jurisdiction over the church, meaning what he says goes in one ear out the other. Right. There are many more people uh, coming to the realization uh, to my thesis that he's an anti-pope and he's just to be ignored. Uh, and uh, I think uh, you're going to see that trend uh, continue along. Amazing. And of course, you are open to uh, phone calls, correct? Yeah, we can handle Yeah, we can do phone calls. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anytime any guest is on, I do want to make sure if they're comfortable with that. Sometimes some guests, they don't want to take well, any phone calls. Yeah, no, trust me. You know my work. I mean, I typically tend to draw in a lot of trolls but yeah if yes. we get some trolls if we get some trolls here tonight well i'll give them a good tongue lashing and they'll probably hang up so <laughs> <laughs> i always i always like that and of course i have a tremendous respect for you of course i don't agree with you 100 percent on everything and of course i don't agree with anyone walking this earth a hundred percent i just that's just not in my nature and it shouldn't be in anyone's nature as well i'm sure there's plenty of things you won't agree with me uh, on as well as we as we go along here tonight. Sure. Well, I mean, even in the traditional Catholic community, I, I've said this often. There's no two traditionalists who think alike. There's there's so many different topics to debate upon. I mean, you just you know do the best you can, present your points. If people choose not to you know follow what you say, you just kind of you know you just move along. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, I, I'm yeah. not going to you know lose sleep over it. But, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's different. As, me as a Catholic, as you know. The world today is very anti-Catholic. So it seems like uh, it. Yes, I'm sticking my neck out and uh, we'll trying to answer it. things uh, from a proper Catholic perspective and and trying to help people understand what the Church truly teaches and that and truly we are we are living in in the end times. The end times uh, that's my right. focus uh, again. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, end times prophecy, the apocalypse, the message of Fatima, which essentially is a rewrite. Uh, of of uh, the apocalypse and Planet X and all that stuff. I cover all that stuff at my website. So uh, it's all there and uh, looking forward to tonight. Me too. And of course, I do 
respect that you're not fearful of being outspoken. You're a bit of a straight shooter, and that's always a fantastic trait to have. And of course, Eric, you've been here on the program before. I would just like you to sort of tell us a little bit more about your, I guess you could say your upbringing and your earliest roots, Eric. Sure. Uh, well, I was raised uh, in the Novus Ordo, what I thought was the Catholic Church. Again, you know, unfortunately, most Catholics um, who are following this uh, Second Vatican Council, the most recent council in the church, which goes back to the early 1960s, wherein uh, we had these new modernist Freemasonic principles uh, implemented in the church, and it's literally rerouting uh churchmen and and the laity on this one world religion path uh, you know the false ecumenical movement interfaith stuff all that good stuff and uh so i what i thought at the time was uh catholicism and only later to find out it wasn't uh, i was raised in that and then uh, i went through uh, a period of time where you know i was chasing you know the almighty dollar uh, sure. i graduated with an undergraduate degree in business a master's degree in business i, I was pretty successful in the business world lived kind of all over chicago raleigh to name a few places you know very much was a playboy type womanizer chased after the women uh, you know, party, did all that good stuff, the American dream, so to speak. And, and from, uh, I guess, you know, taking a look back on it, Michael, it was, it was really the saddest years of my life. I mean, it was so empty. It was it was so, it was just void of, of, of anything. Was there any specific reason why you were party, uh, partying this hard, Eric? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was in a series, well, a few uh, long-term uh, relationships, and, and the last oh, one okay. uh, was it was a girl that I, I dated. You know, turns out, you know, she said she was my best friend, and she cheated on me again. And then I, that's oh, when no. I just went, I went dark. I went blank. I said, you know what? If uh, you know a girl who pretends to be my best friend is going to do this, I'm just going to go out and just shut everything down. I'm going to go out party. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do this or that. And obviously, wasn't the right thing to do. Right. Um, but that's what I did. I went completely dark. I became a womanizer. I really, I really had no feelings and emotions towards people in general, and uh, especially uh, women. And it was really uh, through the, uh, you know, my devotion to the Rosary and coming back to the Catholic faith that ultimately, you know, I gained. Uh, respect again, just in, in general, uh, for for women and having a true and proper understanding and and, and all that good stuff, and, and getting putting me back on course uh, to where um, you need to be. You know, I was able to see things yes. clearly again. Life slowed down, and uh, I got proper perspective again. And what about today, Eric? Is there any lucky ladies in your life? No, 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 no. There isn't. But you know, people ask me that all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to really anything at this point. I mean, I, I do believe that I have a specific uh, mission to fill for Jesus and the church. But, you know, if it comes along and, and there is, uh, you know, a female that I feel I can uh, kind of connect with who kind of sees uh, the world uh, the same, uh, would obviously have to hold similar uh, religious views from a, from a Catholic uh, perspective. Um, I'm surprised, but, Eric. I'm surprised you're not dating. I mean, you do have that long hair going on. Uh, right. Women do love that look. So I'm a little taken back, Eric. What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Oh Maybe I'm just goodness. getting too old. I'm 42. You're not that old. Goes. Come on now. <laughs> 42, that's not that old. I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows? Women yeah, love yeah, an but... older man. Don't worry, Eric. I think you're still in, in good graces here. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I keep very low key. I kind of live like an urban hermit. I, uh, I don't. That's probably why, Eric. Yeah. But we'll see. Hey, you never know. You know, you never know that's what, true. what God has in store. I mean, I've always said this, uh, Michael, you know, looking back. In my life, if you'd have told me ten years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I'd have laughed at you. Uh, I mean, you, you know, were a different guy. Different. Yeah, 
a totally different guy. So uh, you know, we all got work to do. I certainly have my uh, shortcomings. I have things I have to work on, uh, as as we all do. But, uh, sure. you know, like yeah. I said, it, to, to be able to stay away from uh, some of these, uh, what we would call in the Catholic Church, mortal sins, some of these really nasty vices. I mean, like I said, the rosary uh, has really helped me uh, get back on the track. And uh, ultimately, from our perspective, it's really going to be through the through, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary that uh, we even transition on in this period ahead because there's going to be a, a, just insane events uh, happening here soon. Uh, apocalyptic doesn't really even describe really what's going to happen in the world. Um, 2012, uh, I mean, is not even a fair portrayal of, of what's going to happen on, on the earth changes level. I mean, there's going to be a lot happening. Yeah. We've discussed this in times past, the three days of darkness. Definitely... I'm actually going to be working on a, a, a new video series. Excellent. I'm going to be doing some movies, some Catholic movies on Vimeo. So keep that in mind for your listening audience, you know, down the road, probably in September, I'm going to start doing them on prophecy, you know, end time stuff, you know, general kind of Catholic seers or mystics in the church, uh, you know, obviously the infiltration of the church, but it'll be on uh, on Vimeo. And uh, hopefully we'll get those up and about. But who knows with censorship, right? I mean, I'm, I'm on two strikes. I don't know if I told you this, but Where I'm on two you? strikes again on, on YouTube. What happened? Uh, Copyright issue or yeah yeah they're pulling down all my new world order videos you know uh, exposing Zionism new world order videos I mean yeah I mean this is the second time now in the past six months I've gotten to the the second strike mark because I think they give you like a three month like grace period or something I I do know what that's like Eric I I had to uh, start a secondary channel because of the strikes on uh, YouTube yeah i did too i I just really haven't added anything to it i think i got like four videos up and i'm at the point now where i've put so much work uh uh, michael into the youtube channel i mean we're talking over seven years over two thousand videos that that if it goes down i don't know if i have it in me to try to you know get all that stuff back up somewhere it does take a lot of time to get things up and rolling again uh, no doubt and you know speaking of youtube as i was looking up more information on you eric since it's been such a long time you were on another show, and I was completely surprised by this. You were on the David uh, Pac-Man show. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was like two or three years ago. Yes. Um, I never even yeah. knew you were on there, though. <laughs> yeah, I was on there. Yeah, he, he tried to paint me into some loon bin, as he usually does with, with anyone who's sort of like sort of uh, right-wing. D- Dane Wigington, the geoengineering expert, and I had some wonderful conversations about uh, David because he had he had it out with David, too. But, yeah, I was as cordial as possible with the man and – uh you know, there's just going to be certain people who don't see it like you. But again, from our perspective, there's a reason why we think that most people aren't going to be around over the next decade because they, they just don't want to see. They just don't want to see the world as it really is. And unfortunately, uh, due to all the liberalism and all of the just insanity uh, that's happening in the world. I mean, God in his love can't can't let things go on as is. And otherwise, I mean, we would completely ruin ourselves in and of ourselves. So, you know, he's got to step in and do something and, 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 you know, demonstrate to the world like, hey, for the most part, the vast majority of the world is not moving in the right direction and he needs to get people's attention. And, and what better way to have something like a Planet X system pass through and have crazy earth changes and have wars and epidemics and revolutions and economic collapses? Because then what happens, Michael? People turn back to God. <laughs> that's the way it usually goes. If they don't get turned back to God there, then once they go to jail, that's when they'll turn back to God. Yeah. It's funny how that happens, too. It's well said. Yeah, I mean, that's what I always tell people, you know, as a part of uh, your own spiritual life, to take time out, if you can, an hour a day, 
And, uh, you know, the apocalypse, we had uh, John, uh, who, by the way, his, his nickname, uh, if you will, in Christian circle, circles was the, the Eagle uh, as well. It's kind of like uh, the name that I fly by, too, uh, at Tradcat Night and, and the symbolism that we use. I see you've got it nicely posted up here on your, your YouTube. Right. Uh, but I, I always tell people, you know, find, you know, find an hour a day. Get in silence and solitude. Understand yourself. Become more aware of yourself, your shortcomings. Pray more. Dialogue more. This this world is gonna it's just gonna fade away and fade away very quickly in in terms of just there's just gonna be so many things happening at once it's gonna be really hard for people to process uh, you know at a certain point in Catholic prophecy Michael it gets so dire where the Blessed Virgin Mary at Our Lady of Akita which is an approved prophecy back in the early 1970s she actually says that after this fire comes down from heaven I know we discussed this in your show in times past. Uh, I, I say it's going to be something similar to that movie, The Knowing, with Nicolas Cage, where that kind of solar storm comes down, CME, and just roasts uh, a good portion of the earth. Uh, it's actually in the Apocalypse 8-7. It's throughout Catholic prophecy. Uh, I'm just mentioning Akita, but it's elsewhere, Our Lady of Good Success. Uh, Blessed Sister Aiello talked about this fire coming from the heavens back in the 1950s. She was an Italian mystic. Uh, in any case, uh, it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so bad that the Blessed Virgin Mary says that the, the, those who survive uh, that chastisement are going to envy the dead. Now, now we're we're obviously talking about Catholics too. I mean, the people who survived that. I mean, that's that's a pretty harsh statement to say. But you know what? How do we put this? I mean, what what else can God do at this point, given the way the world is turning? Uh, but then to kind of set the rod of correction out and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, you, you guys are on the wrong path. Uh, you know, in order for, for humanity to come back, there needs to be sort of a regeneration. And in Christian symbolism, water and fire, uh, sim you know, symbolize baptism or a regeneration, uh, if you will. And yes. uh, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a, a purification of the earth. There's no there's no better way of putting it. And Eric, let me just ask you this. What makes you hold on to your religious beliefs? In general, you, you mean just like yeah, with just Catholicism? Yes. Uh -huh. Well, in terms of, uh, you know, obviously there's all kinds of uh, quote unquote religions out there. Uh, for me, it, it stems back from, uh, you know, as a, from a Christian standpoint, and, and this goes back to my story too, uh, Michael, you know, there was a certain point during those dark days of years past where I didn't even believe in a God at a certain point. I had so many bad things happening to me all at once. I said, there's no way that a loving God could allow someone to go through this. But now looking back on it, I understand why he did that. It was to get my attention. It was to get me to internalize everything and start dialoguing and praying and, and doing all these things again. And now he put me on a different path. And here, uh, you know, doing what we're doing, uh, you know, being quite successful. Um, if, if those things didn't happen, I wouldn't be here with you today speaking with you. Uh, but I see it as the truth. I see that, you know, Jesus Christ uh, is God, you know, uh, we believe in the Holy Trinity and in the in the Catholic uh, religion, as most uh, Christians do, or all Christians should. And uh, we believe that Jesus Christ came down to the earth. He established uh, the Catholic religion. It can be proven historically. Uh, so when we go back and, like, say, I have disagreements with Protestants or whatnot, uh, we have to go back on the family tree, so to speak. And what Catholics can do is prove apostolic succession, meaning we can go from Pope Benedict XVI onward mm -hmm. backwards and find out that, indeed, uh, St. Peter, when you open up your Bible and you read the book of Peter or whatnot, uh, he was the first Catholic pope. 
and he reigned from 32 AD to 67 AD. And the early uh, writings uh, of the apostles uh, all indicate this, that they recognized him and his papal primacy, meaning he was he was the head of the church. Even St. Paul uh, recognized this, uh, for example, at the Council of Jerusalem back in the early church. The reason why that's important to understand is because there's a lot of Christians who say, well, you know, I'm a part of the biblical church. I'm not a part of you know, the Catholic Church. And I mean, oftentimes you, you get this stigma of, you know, being paganistic or, you know, why do you believe in these certain doctrines? But all of those people have broken off from that original true church that Jesus Christ established that can be proven historically. So outside of that, I mean, I could sit here and do a whole show about my own kind of experiences with the Blessed Virgin Mary or just the calling uh, from Jesus or whatnot. But when you start talking about that, people start to kind of roll their eyes and stuff. So I'll spare uh, your listeners, uh, that, but you know, a lot of them are, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my listeners out there are almost anti, uh, Catholic with all the scandals and the rampant pedophilia that's going on with the church. It's, it's left a lot of, uh, a lot of listeners and people in general, just very skeptical about the Vatican and those that surround it. And I know you've talked about this before on previous programs and on my show as well and you have a lot to say about that you you covered up pretty pretty good there eric and i don't mean okay. that as in you're covering it up i'm saying you cover the subject quite well, well well that's just it uh yeah. you know i'm you know that's what I, I prefaced this whole talk by saying is I get this all the time of course. Know, from, from Protestants. Oh, I'll never be a Catholic. You see the corruption that's going on in the church, and you guys are pedophiles. I got news for you. I could go into my local uh, Protestant churches today downtown, and guess what? There are worse sins happening there. There's Don't tell me that they're not, because there are. <laughs> so that's not a basis for leaving the original church. Now, for people who question uh, the, uh, the Catholic Church, and it can be proven historically. I've just, I've just found. I'm just going to be point blank with you. I'm a straight shooter. The people who don't read the early writings of the early apostles that are outside of the Bible, meaning it's not just the Bible alone, which is the Word of God. It's the early, earliest writings of the apostles. It's called tradition, big T tradition, in uh, in uh, Scripture, and uh, somewhere in the Second Thessalonians, it talks about uh, Paul talking about holding on to those traditions that are taught oral and written. That's what we're talking about here. There, there were oral uh, traditions and there were written traditions outside of the Bible in the first seven, eight hundred years that all indicate that there was one church. I mean, I'll give you just one example. St. Ignatius of Antioch, when he was refuting some uh, early Protestants of, of his time, uh, he has a famous quote. This was the year 100 A.D., long before the supposed uh, you know, Protestant conception of, well, the Roman Catholic Church, you know, or, or the Catholic Church started in the year 330-something with Constantine. No, it didn't. It started with Pope St. Peter uh, when Jesus handed over the keys to Pope St. Peter's, and he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. What church? The Catholic Church or the Universal Church. And again, uh, proving apostolic succession. But in any case, he said, uh, this is St. Ignatius uh, speaking in Antioch. He said, uh, where the bishop is, there also is Jesus Christ. Where Jesus Christ is, there also is this Catholic Church. That's in the earliest writings. That's in the year 100 A.D. So an early reference uh, to the Catholic Church being from Christ Himself. Dare mention that to uh, a Protestant. I remember. I remember mentioning on the on, on the Sarah Westall show. I think I did because she was a Protestant. I mean, and she was she was actually trying to say that was like fake news. Ooh. And this is the kind of thing. This is why it's hard for me to debate with other Christians because I just find. They're, they're just completely it ignorant seems, of history. It, it they don't like, know history at all. Eric, it seems like, a, 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 I shouldn't say a majority, but some of these people that I have seen or heard interview you, Eric, it seems like they go in there with a sort of 
a particular agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she did for sure. And I, that's I gave fair it to, to say. And I was very, I was very fair with Sarah. Actually, uh, you all can look up that interview because, quite honestly, I made her look really stupid on her own show because she was trying to make me look stupid. And I, I had given her the benefit of doubt. I brought her on my podcast. I was very fair. Like I wasn't attacking her because she was a Protestant or whatnot. I keep things very vanilla when I bring my non-Catholic guests on. I try to find common ground, sort of like what you're doing here. And uh, you know, she came on and she was trying to troll me. I mean, she was definitely trying to pick my button. So I said, you know what? After a certain while, I was really going to lay on the facts to her and i really made her look stupid and uh she just i mean i mean she literally resorted to tactics like uh you know everything you're saying is fake news i was like sweetie i was like this is this is all recorded in history Uh, you you can't say that it's uh you know and i could pull up the text themselves uh from saint ignatius of, of antioch where he's refuting these heretics i mean it's a long discourse that he's given and, uh, you know, this is unfortunate we have to deal with. It, it, the world is very anti-Catholic, and it's, and it's literally proof that we're living in the last days, because when Jesus says, uh, think ye when the Son of Man cometh, shall I find faith on the earth? It is, in general, a general reference to faith in him, but it's also a reference to the Catholic faith, meaning there would be hardly any real Catholics left in the world. And that's what we're seeing now with this apostasy in the church, with denominational Protestantism, with all the Protestants who have broken off from the true church. We're living in a time where there's very few Catholics remaining uh, in the world, according to the proper uh, sense. And this this falls in with Catholic prophecy, because the Blessed Virgin Mary repeatedly says this, the few who are faithful, the few who are faithful, the few who will be protected. And from our perspective, I know it's probably going to irk a lot of your listeners, but we don't we don't clump ourselves in. Uh, with Protestants, because I, I know there's a lot of Protestants. I'm sure you're probably seeing this, uh, and you're probably witnessing this in your own little chat room. I don't, I don't see Catholics even as Christians. That's what we say about you guys. You guys aren't Christians. We, we call you guys heretics. So, you know, it works it's both a, ways, I guess. Yes, the, the war religion does seem to <laughs> yeah, extend I mean, itself online it, as well. That's just it, Michael. I mean, <laughs> our battle and our perspective is, I mean, this this is the reason why we believe the, martyr, the martyrs died for the Catholic faith. I mean, Pope St. Peter died and was crucified upside down, right? You know, the, the upside down cross uh, that has been seen recently in the Vatican. Well, there actually is a proper Catholic understanding of that because Peter was crucified upside down. He, he, he felt unworthy to be crucified in the normal sense, uh, like Jesus was. And he said, you know, crucify me under down, uh, upside pretty, down. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. So my that, point yes. is, uh, you know, the enemy is completely ripping off. Uh, the Freemasonry is, is, a, is a rip-off religion of uh, Catholicism. They have all kinds of uh, similar symbology that's found uh, in the Catholic world, but they just have a different context of it all, like the double-headed eagle, which you find in Scottish uh, Freemasonry. That's why I get accused of being a Freemason when I'm not. It's actually a Catholic uh, symbol. Which you, got a lot represent- of he- you, you got a lot of heat on you, Eric. Ah, oh, well, that's just, it's just common ground. It seemed like you, uh, you angered a lot, I of, think, I think, a lot of communities out part, there. I think in part why uh, our Lord has me to do this is because he knows that I just wouldn't care what people say. He knows uh, I'm going to I'm going to fight back and I'm not I'm not going to be very bureaucratic about it. Uh, most people, you know, that I'm sure you've seen all the kind of nonsensical stuff oh, being talked about me. All these people on the Internet, you know, they run their mouths when they meet me in person. They don't say a word to my face, Michael. It's 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 most, quite amazing. Yeah, most people uh, don't. <laughs> And most people don't want to behave that way. They get quiet real quickly, uh, you know, as I'm passing through the streets. And there are a lot of people here, around here, uh, who don't like me. And, 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 and because of what I have to say, what's going on internally in the Catholic Church. And all this guy's a quack job. He's a fake. He's a fraud. He's a womanizer. He's a Freemason. Yeah, I see, I see certain people on the street. I don't even want to look at me. Uh, yes. And by the way, we were just talking uh, earlier here. And someone by the name of uh, Drew, he's a listener of the program in the chat room, he said, 
Uh, worse sins than pedophilia, please explain. And I must have not heard that part. What would be considered worse than pedophilia, Eric? In your... He's probably referring back to my talk with yes. us, Eric, because I was going trying back to, to explain this as best I could to her. She was so obtuse. She just wasn't She wasn't grasping this. Uh, worse sins than pedophilia would be heresy, would be a heretic. And the reason why is this. It's false doctrine, basically. What the Catholic Church has always taught since the beginning is this. Jesus Christ came, as I said, established the church. Uh, when he handed over the keys to Peter, he said, uh, you know, uh, in a sense, I'm going to paraphrase here, uh, you know, that which you bind on earth, Peter, I will bind in heaven. It means what the church teaches on the matters of faith and morals alone. That's key to for us to understand. That's what isn't taught infallibly amongst Christianity. It doesn't matter what Joel Osteen is saying. It doesn't matter what T.J. Jakes is saying, John Hagee is saying. They have no authority to teach anything um, from our perspective. So now this is where it gets, it gets kooky now, because as I told you, there's an infiltration in the church, and we literally have these non-Catholic modernists like Francis teaching things that the church hasn't taught. So we would put them in the same category as Luther or Calvin. I mean, they're, they're every bit as Protestant as the denominational Protestants are. So I know the Protestants like to, to pat me on the back. Oh, you're doing a great job exposing the Vatican. But yeah, but they're just as bad as you, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, you know, I mean, just to put it in a nutshell. But uh, heresy, um, and it's, it goes back to James, oh goodness, too. I want to say like 210. I'm really working off the top of my head here. But he says, you know, after the second admonition to the heretic, you avoid them. And so what Catholic teaching is, is, is when someone who teaches false doctrine and they know what the church teaches and they say, okay, no, that, you know, that's not the truth. This is what I teach you. They literally throws themselves into a state of mortal sin. They're cut off by God. Uh, they, they no longer live uh, in a state of sanctifying grace and they cut themselves off from the church, literally take themselves outside the fold. That's, that is worse uh, than pedophilia, wherein you could have a, a Catholic priest who is still keeping the faith, right? I mean, he, he was, you know, Keeping the faith, I mean, but I, I, like he was struggling with, uh, you know, either sins of homosexuality or God forbid he, he was messing around with kids. A according to what the church teaches, heresy is far worse than that. And of course, Protestants will they'll always, you know, not agree with that. And that's why they're Protestants. That's the, hence the word protest, protestant. What are they protesting? The Catholic Church, the original church. It's only logical. Um, and, and so I always get a, I always get a kick out of that when when Protestants literally think that, you know, they are the church or they somehow can prove apostolic succession. I'm still waiting for them to, to prove that. Um, so that's it in a nutshell with, with heresy. A, an awful lot of people, what I'm saying is an awful lot of people go to hell from a Catholic perspective on the basis of their false doctrine. So if you don't believe in purgatory, which is found in the original Catholic Bible that Protestants butcher, it's back in Second Maccabees 2.4, I think, where it talks about how it's uh, good and wholesome to pray for the, for the dead because uh, there is a place called uh, purgatory, and you reject that notion, you become a heretic. You put yourself outside the faith. So from a Catholic perspective, that's worse than being a pedophile. Oh, my goodness. And, and so and so Sarah yes. just, she well, I mean, she, I mean, I knew she could process it and understand it. She just didn't want to believe it. And that's what she, makes a Protestant a Protestant. Yeah, <laughs> she was very combative with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we went back and forth. And like I said, I, listen, I, I think I'm fair with everyone. But once I know someone's trying to push my buttons, I, I just say this, the Eagles talents come out and you, you're not going to you're not going to out talk me. You're not going to over talk me. And uh, we're going to you know, keep saying what the church has to believe in because we're, we're predominantly living in a Protestant world. Uh, I unfortunately have the unfortunate um, task of kind of going out to Americans and saying, listen, it's in Catholic prophecy that we're going to get it. 
uh, we're going to get it something awful. It's in Catholic prophecy. Russia attacks us. Uh, and by the way, I have a lot of non-Catholic guests who agree with that, some of which are in the military, like John Moore or someone like a Joel Skousen, uh, big names that I'm sure most of your listeners uh, uh, you know, have heard before. Uh, Joel even thinks we'll have a Russian uh, EMP grid down kind of scenario happening soon. Uh, but on the basis that we, we, are, we are essentially a Masonic country, uh, Protestantism, Zionism, um, you can argue in a loose sense, we're sort of like another Babylon. And that's a whole other topic, too, by the way, uh, because Protestants go wrong there. They always equate uh, the Catholic Church uh, to the whore of Babylon. Uh, that is actually a, a reference, well, really on two levels, to this emerging one world religion or one world church of apostasy, which is not Catholic. This is what I'm saying. You can't equate the Vatican to the to the Catholic faith at this point because the, the people who are in charge uh, they, they've lost the faith, as uh, Archbishop Lefebvre, a, a famous prelate uh, who started this uh, society called this, uh, the SSPX um, way back in, uh, well, many, many years ago. Uh, he's now deceased. Uh, but in any case, it's also a reference, the, 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 the harlot is also a reference to uh, not only fallen away Rome, not Catholic Rome, but fallen away Rome, because uh, Rome is going to go full-blown paganistic uh, from a Catholic perspective. And uh, i got news for you on that front. We'll talk about the Amazon Synod later with Francis, because he's getting way off tracks. But it's also also a reference to Jerusalem. Specifically, all the early apostles, uh, the common opinion, came to, to the realization that the Antichrist was going to rule from the Third Temple, which is what they're rebuilding right now. So Protestants have most Protestants, not all Protestants. There's actually some decent Protestants like the guy over at True News and, and some others uh, who are waking up to the whole Israel deception. Because, you know, biblical, biblical Israel is not the same thing as uh, Rothschild puppet state of Israel that you see. Uh, but Jerusalem is going to be the New World Order capital. OK, so it's not it's not a reference at all to, to the Catholic Church. And uh, again, this is what has happened uh, over the years. Unfortunately, some people saw uh, corruption in the church. They decided to break off from it, start their own church, and yet they had no authority to do so. So unfortunately, that's that's your, your dividing line there between uh, Catholics and Protestants. Yes. And to clear up some of the anger uh, that some folks do have with you, I just wanted to finish up this topic really quickly here now. You also sure. managed uh, to anger the flat earthers out there. <laughs> right. Yes. A few yeah. years back, I remember. Uh, are you still getting emails from that group? Uh, yeah, there was a group that they were actually, a well, there was a traditional, a supposed traditionalist community affiliated with one of the bishops that we follow that somehow got on this, this track of the whole flat earth thing. And uh, I encourage you all to go to Google, type in Robert Sungenis, S-U-N-G-E-N-I-S, and type in flat earth, get his book and read it, because it's going to walk you through how the church has infallibly condemned the notion uh, that there is a flat earth, starting back from the beginning, uh, using quotes. Uh, and there's a lot of people in the flat earth community which m misapply certain quotes and texts. Uh, but Robert Sugenis presents a very strong case. And I've actually done an uh, hour-long podcast with uh, Robert on the matter. I personally looked into the matter. I see it as a, as a Jewish fable. Uh, you can find similar stories in the Talmud, which is uh, satanic. It's uh, there were there were like a few early church fathers that were like sort of like on the fence at best is the best way of putting it. But the, the consensus or common opinion was that the, the earth was a globe. I mean, this is supported through various uh, Catholic uh, visionaries uh, such as Blessed Anna Emmerich, uh, who talks about the earth being like a globe. And she really goes into detail and, and things along those lines. I think where people get hung up on it, I don't know why so, so many people get hung up on this. 
Uh, it's it's one of those topics like Trump and flat Earth. If you really want to lose a lot of friends on Facebook one day, just mention just mention one oh, of those yeah. two things, and you'll uh, you know you'll lose about twenty friends. But uh, I don't cover it uh, extensively. I of course had to address uh, the issue uh, of flat Earth, but I think uh, it's a giant uh, CIA psyop. And I'm trying to think of some of my past podcast uh, experts who who agree with me on that level. Who by the way aren't Catholic as well. Um, I'm not really much of a supporter of Flat Earth. I've had several Flat Earthers appear on the program, but I've never exactly have sided with them. And I don't think I ever will, to be honest with you. And one surprising Flat Earther that just came across my mind right now is John Lear. He is now a full-pledged Flat Earther. All of a sudden, this is a man who was once saying that there are a civilization on the moon and there's all sorts of people there. And now he believes we've never went to the moon now. And he thinks the earth is flat. And this all happened just recently, by the way, uh, Eric, I'm not sure if uh, the name sounds f- familiar Lear. I mean, I, I don't know. I really haven't looked into his work. Uh, but he's I, more I, in the uh, UFO circles. Yeah. Well, if it's UFO for us, I mean, we think the whole UFO phenomenon is just, it's completely demonic. It ties in with uh, Catholic. Yeah. I was just going to say, you Mm -hmm. are also in that opinion that these things, these extraterrestrials, you believe that these things are actually demons, these entities. Yeah. It's in Catholic prophecy. Our Lady of La Salette specifically talked about how the demons of air would work together uh, with the Antichrist to deceive folks. I mean, essentially the, the, the New World Order plan is to uh, allow the tribulation period to happen. We already mentioned economic collapse, all the civil wars that will be happening, revolution, plagues coming, famines, you know, the, the typical apocalyptic talk, World War Three, you know, Planet X incoming, all that stuff. Uh, but then at a certain point, uh, Maitreya, who's going to be your Antichrist, that's the esoteric name for this character. Again, he's no one that we see right now. I, I disagree with some of my guests like uh, Adam Green, who does a really good job exposing uh, Zionism. He thinks Kushner, and a lot of other people think it's Kushner. It's not going to be Kushner. I think he's going to Fail with his Middle East uh, peace plan over there, and then out will walk this guy. He'll unveil his peace plan here soon after the economic collapse. It's going to work for a short period of time. Then scripture says he'll break that uh, peace plan after three and a half years. Uh, So, you know, the Antichrist, along with these demons of the air, along with what's called the ascended masters, who, in my opinion, are these fallen angels in the flesh, which are already here. And this is where it really goes above my pay grade. I told you we're walking into very twilight zone times. We definitely Uh, are. You you know, like uh, I was who was I talking about this on my podcast the other day? We were talking about David, David Ike. And I I agree. I I agree with most of what he said. But, you know, originally when I first heard David speak, I stopped listening to him because he started talking to all that reptilian nonsense and i was like man i gotta stop listening to this guy but you know what there really is something to it uh, i actually had one uh psychologist uh come on my show uh when we were talking about demonic possession or, or something she she claims and I, I believe you know listen she's not catholic but to me i think she's telling me the truth i, I don't i don't see why you would put yourself out there and make up a story like this and open some people so, some she people said do she it. saw someone change right in front of them into a, a reptile so what i'm saying is yeah there's Old Testament in the Old Testament. There was the angel Raphael who cloaked himself un, under the the banner of being uh, like in, in human like form, and actually sat, sat and ate in dinner, uh, sat and ate dinner with another uh, Old Testament saint. He didn't realize, and, and, and the actual story lose my mind right now. But my point is, is you know how that works? I don't know. You know, I it's like totally above my pay grade. All, all I know is that uh, given all the demonic headlines that we see today, I was just going to mention the, that. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, given uh, what this Maitreya character is saying, how the Space Brothers, uh, the UFOs, are preliminary to his arrival, they have this great day called the Day of Declaration coming up where— uh, and by the way, this could be—I've been thinking about more and more, and I, I, I've been asking Leo Zagami and other people who come on my show, um, you know, what do they think? But Because he studied Maitreya, and uh, I think he more or less uh, believes the thesis I put forth that he's the Antichrist as well. Um, you know, in terms of this day of declaration coming, is this the formal uh, disclosure coming? I mean, we're, we're hearing an awful lot of rumblings of disclosure, and I can't—because I have to relay—over at trackcatnight.org, if you join my community, I'm putting out 25 to 50 posts on a regular basis, videos, all unmasking these these end-time agendas. And I, of course, cover the whole UFO uh, alien propaganda agenda. And even over this past week, I mean, there was big stories on Drudge, you know, that massive spacecraft that was seen over, I think it was in Missouri. Then another one was like caught in live in the Chicago uh, area with uh, s- some... I guess it was during a newscast or something, and now yeah. there's more talk that— I'm really interested—yeah, I'm really interested in hearing your opinion on these issues, the fact that the media has sort of gone crazy with the UFOs and all these stories now that we're seeing. Uh, many people now are questioning why this sort of thing is actually uh, being released now. Is there uh, another agenda that we're not seeing? Yeah, well, the next step uh, to the New World Order agenda is after this tribulation period starts, uh, Maitreya will come down. He'll have his ascended masters, uh, you know, all circled around. There'll be all kinds of great phenomena happening in the skies. That's where we get into Project Blue Beam and holographic images and uh, all the stuff that they'll be doing in the skies. Uh, and he, he's going to say, listen, I have the plan for humanity. All you have to do is take this mark, right? This is where we get into the whole mark of the beast talk, microchip. I mean, at that point, the the the, the economy will have collapsed. They're going to try to push everyone onto this one world socialist uh, digital economy uh, system. Uh, I've actually, when I've been doing some media appearances as of late, I've been actually appearing on some economic shows like David Modell, uh, Kenneth Amadouri, Cross the Street, because I've been warning about socialism. Because this, this is what the New World Order is going to do. It's going to it's going to morph from the tribulation period of being a socialist, which is highly seductive, right? We got to share all the world's uh, world's resources. I mean, that's coming out of the the, the the Luciferian Vatican these days, the Masonic Vatican. It's coming out of UN, which is completely satanic. But then the next step after that, as Lenin said. He said, he said the end game of socialism is communism. So it's going to be full-blown communism. It's going to be like you own nothing, Michael. They're going to come for your home. They're going to come for your computer. They're going to come from everything. The I state hope owns you. I hope that doesn't happen, Eric. <laughs> well, Good unfortunately, Lord. I have to be the bearer of bad news, uh, you know, not, not to fear uh, – the days ahead, but it's ultimately going, it is going to come to that. God's going to allow that. I mean, he's going to allow us to be embedded in all these evils again, in order for there to be a return of hearts uh, back to his, in order for people to say, oh my, okay, you know, we've got to come back because I've said this very adamantly. There's really only going to be two paths in the end. Once these, these ascended masters show up, what we're doing at Trad Cat Night, the way of an eagle, remaining in faith and hope, a return to Catholic tradition, a return to you know our ancient roots or whatever, or you're going to go along with the New Age. There really is going to be no more middle ground at that point. Yes, uh, and Eric, by the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, but somebody sure. was calling in, and I was trying to pick up their call, but they hung up before I could uh, answer. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. If you do want to call in, go ahead and do so now. I apologize. Not quite sure why this thing didn't pick up uh, quick enough, but the line is open. Go ahead and call in if you do have a question for our guest here, Mr. Eric Gajewski. And of course, this is always fascinating to talk about this sort of subject here. 
so many doom and gloom topics to get into here with you, Eric, especially with the end times. And I do have to mention this now. It's something that you always bring up. You don't have to be a Catholic to follow uh, some of the things that you talk about on your website as well. I just wanted to clear that up with uh, some folks out there. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're coming at it from a Catholic perspective. I'm only going to teach uh, a certain way, but I leave sure. the doors open to anyone. I mean, anyway, I mean, there's um, there's atheists who've joined our group. I mean, a lot of people just come for the podcast. I mean, I put my podcast list up against anyone, whether it's John B. Wells or uh, you know whoever else is out there, coast to coast. I mean, I'm podcasting two to three times a day, Monday through Saturday. Today, I had three podcasts alone. Oh, damn! Uh, yeah, really? I had Paul Stark from Vatican Deception film. He made this film, Vatican Deception. Uh, if you haven't seen that, go to Vimeo, look up Paul Stark, Vatican Deception, watch that movie. Very interesting. Uh, had him on. I had Sally Agarist on the program today. He's kind of like that funny memes uh, cartoonist guy on Twitter. Now he's really taken off. I had him on the program. You know, he's not Catholic. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else would I have on today? I can't remember who else I had on today. Two o'clock. Oh, I had pa- uh, Peter McCarthy from Creepy Little Book. Uh, a lot of a- shows, man. Yeah. So we had I, you know, a lot going on today alone. But uh, yeah, the overall premise is. You know, you come. Uh, a lot of people come just for the podcast. Uh, you know, I cover prophecy. I cover end times. I mean, we've had prelates even in the church, uh, you know, conservative prelates like a Cardinal Burke, uh, who doesn't quite get it because he's still following Vatican II. But he's even uh, said this uh, over the past year, Michael. He said, well, given like all the apostasy and corruption that we're seeing, he says, well, perhaps we are living in the end times. Uh, so I always remind other traditionalists who want to attack me for being the, the end times guy. Like if you if you watch other podcasts and you hear someone say, well, we don't want to go down the path of, you know, certain people who are talking about the end times. Blah, blah, blah. They're talking about me. I don't understand <laughs> why. Well, I don't understand why anyone would get mad or try to take shots at you that way. Well, it's just because they see differently than us. And, and again, I've said this openly and I've said this honestly, because even most Catholics don't want to get this. I mean, push aside, you know people who don't want to see it from a Catholic perspective. I mean, the people who are claiming to be Catholic aren't Catholic. I mean, that's just how the the level of mass deception that we're in, these people who are claiming to be Catholic, they're literally following a whole new religion called the Novus Ordo religion, which was set up uh, in the early 60s uh, by these modernist Masons and, and Marxists. And this is why we as Catholics were like, no, I'm sorry, anywhere where Vatican II is tra- taught, a Catholic can't be. And that really limits your ability worldwide to find uh, a, a Catholic, a real Catholic priest uh, who's been ordained properly, who is not following these false doctrines that Francis and the Vatican are teaching. And it's uh, like I said, it's a preliminary sign. Uh, St. Paul warned about a great revolt that would happen shortly uh, before the Antichrist. Coincidentally, it, it's directly relating to the Protestant revolt. It's also uh, a reference to the French Revolution back in the 1700s. That was a revolt. But then we had a French Revolution in the church, and it was called the Second Vatican Council. That was the last straw. And all that has to happen now is for this one world system to be formalized, is you know the whole Mark of the Beast uh, system to be formalized. This, this is why the economics is so important, because they know uh, people have to eat and drink. If they can get at people's stomachs, uh, they can ultimately get people to take this mark. You know, if they have control of the resources, uh, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that people, for the most part, the vast majority of people are going to try to self-preserve. And, they, they, you know, kind of like Mad Max. Did you see that new remake of, the, of the Mad Max where everyone had to go uh, to, you know, underneath that cave where the guy was spilling out water? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, that was a good movie. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the rewrite, yeah, it was actually pretty decent. Pretty but, I mean, good. there's an awful lot of predictive programming there because that, that main character that was essentially being an Antichrist figure who's going to, you know, be able to tell you when, when you get your water. And uh, as Aaron Russo said, I'm sure you remember that clip when he did an interview with um, Alex Jones. He said, you know, the whole end is this chip, he said. And he said, if you don't play by their rules, right, if your social credit score is low enough, and they're already rolling that out in China, if you don't play by their rules, they'll just turn your chip off. So what I'm saying to people is this, and this is very interesting because when I was on the Richie Allen show, uh, and again, he's an atheist, and, and he actually was was trying to bring a debate between uh, atheism and Catholicism. I raised a few points that I think you know really got him thinking on, on live air that day, uh, certain positions that he was holding to. I, I, said, I said, Richie, I, I know you're not dumb enough to fall for this guy when he comes. So when he does come, it's not only going to be Catholics and Christian, you know, and other people who identify as Christians who don't take this mark. I mean, there's going to be atheists, agnostics. People are going to be like, who is who is this who is this goober? You know, calling himself, you know, the, the savior of the world at a certain point. He's not going to say that, of course, in the beginning. He's got to get everyone warmed up to him. I'm the nice guy, the Mother Teresa type. Uh, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to house you. I'm going to do all this good stuff. And then he goes full blown communist uh, halfway through, as I mentioned. By the way, I have a whole article on that on tradcatnight.org. I break that down. Um, but yeah, I mean, th this is the times we're living in. I mean, it's complete deception on, on on every level. It truly is. And in terms of censorship, that has been something that's been plaguing everyone. Really, I'm surprised that you still have any sort of platform to post your videos, Eric. Yeah, like I said, I'm on my last strike with YouTube. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Um, you know, they're pulling down WordPress websites. Uh, yeah, that's another are, are... that's another thing I did want to mention here. I'm glad you said that. You've actually had people dedicate websites entirely on you and just YouTube channels just uh, tearing you apart, Eric. Oh, well, yeah, that's the people. Basically, what, what happened was this. Listen, I, I've done a whole I've done a whole article where I, I expound upon each individual website and apologist and why they hate me and why they say the things that I said. There originally was this group called the Diamond Brothers, who, by the way, are fake monks. They call themselves monks. They're not real monks. monks. Yeah, well, they say that they're monks, but they're really not. They literally have no jurisdiction to be a monk. They actually were, were brought to court by um one particular gentleman who literally gave them a million dollars they wow. he, he originally thought that these two goobers were monks so he's like oh, okay i want to change my life around i'm going to join these guys only to find out they they weren't monks and he he literally gave away everything and it was like something like a million dollar in assets so he went and sued these two goobers uh and they've been doing hit pieces on various catholics they went they did a hit, hit piece on uh my former spiritual director father paul kramer just some of the verbiage they use like father paul kramer hates jesus christ I man it's literally like some of the titles of it like you're they're trying to stir the hornet's nest so you know how i am michael i, I you know I, i'm very blunt i'm very up forward uh I'm, that's I'm, gonna, okay. I'm, I'm gonna start throwing punches back so i did a whole, whole whole expose series on them and then basically what they tried to do is they tried to convince the christian world that i'm a fake or a fraud because i was using social media help mm. uh like within a, like a three or four month period uh for my youtube channel and uh tradcatnight.blogspot.com many years ago well, for oh those look that, at this guy he's yeah. using help and blah 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 so now unfortunately there are people who just hate me because i've called them out on their heresy and errors that's literally the only thing they can say oh you're a fake you're a fraud well i, I got news for you. you could go to my website today and see the official statistics on the page and you're gonna well, quite, the, you're gonna clear see that yeah, uh, the, i don't just have five people following me. that's right the entire seo thing that's what a lot of companies do however it's 
well, to me, it seems pretty standard. I'm sure others don't feel oh, that yeah. way, but I. No, there are other there are other Catholics who are you, who are using it, and they didn't get people... called out for it. But the, but the reason why they did yeah. that though is because they don't like me, Michael. I call well, I call these two goobers out, and I, I I've told them personally. I said, listen. You know, you could run your mouth from a distance way. They're up in New York. I was like, you better pray. I don't meet you, you know, face to face because you're not going to be as, as uh, candid as you are, you know, hundreds of miles away from it. You're not, they're not going to open their mouths to me. I, I guarantee you and all their followers. And by the way, they're, they're heretics, too. They don't believe in certain doctrines that the church has always taught, like a baptism of desire. Uh, and then there's there's just other groups. It just, again, it just depends, you know, who's, you know, trying to fire back. I mean, there's all kinds of rumors, you know, I'm a womanizer, I'm a Freemason, I'm this or that. So I put together for the people. Yeah, who that one's popular. The, the, that? the Freemason one, that one's quite popular. <laughs> the Freemason. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I'm a Jew because uh, I've got. Kajuski. Cause my, yes. Yeah, because I have Kajuski. <laughs> and I literally, I don't know if I told you the story. You know, Gavin McInnes, uh, the, the, the Zionist guy over there on Rebel Media. I don't I know, know what Gavin. he's doing. Yes. Okay, well, he actually came on my podcast a few times, and apparently he didn't know our stance on Israel, and we're not Zionists. I, we don't follow that whole heretical scheme. I mean, that's really what it is. It's an erroneous interpretation from the last hundred years. Uh, as a matter of fact, when Herzl, the, the founder of uh, Zionism, went to Pope St. Pius X, who's probably the, one of the greatest popes ever in the church, Pope St. Pius X told him to take a walk. He said, no, we don't support Zionism, uh, and, and I, I don't want to get your, your, your channel viewed here or, or um, censored, so I'm going to be careful what I say, because you, you mentioned certain words and groups. That's very uh, true. You'll get a strike, so I don't want to mention certain things, but I think you know where I'm going with that. I understand. Uh, <laughs> in Thank any you case, for that. <laughs> in any case, Gavin came on my show, and uh, he, he, literally, we're doing an interview like like five minutes in. Uh, I mean, he, he starts going off. Well, oh, I'm looking at your page now. You're, you're anti-Zionist. So you don't like the you don't like the you know who I'm t referring to. I was like, uh, well, it has nothing to do with me liking them or not liking them. We're just going to re re recant Catholic what the, what the Catholic Church has to say about it. So you know, and he starts getting you know how what a, what a smart ass he is. So he tried getting smart yeah. with me, and he found out real quickly that wasn't going to work because I really gave him an earful. Uh, I think I still have the 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 the, the little, or at least some of the blurb up on. I would on like SoundCloud. to hear that, yeah, because I had no yeah, if you idea. Go to SoundCloud, uh, check Tradcat Night out if it's still up, because I was putting out some free stuff at that time, and it's like a short little ten minute blurb, like an aspect of that talk. And uh, you know, he, he tried being yes. a little smart with me for, for a while now. I was hearing him over on Compound Media before he gave up that venue because uh, Compound Media is uh, pretty much a dying company, in my opinion. Not much comedy going on there, but that's where he was. He was on this comedy network uh, that's failing right now pretty badly, and unfortunately for them. But he has left and, of course, gone to, I, I believe, Rebel Media. Is that what you said? Well, he was with Rebel Media. Or was he with I the Blaze? Is that what anymore. it's called? Yeah, the Blaze, Rebel Media, something like you that. Never, I mean, when you go there, you never hear about these guys anymore. Yeah, you I never mean, hear their name more. Popular. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. Laura Southern, Faith Goldie. Faith Goldie, you know, I gave her an earful privately um, because she was, um, you know, taking up the whole Zionist angle, and she was labeling herself as a traditional Catholic. And you know, it was a private email, and I was, I was listening, Faith, and I literally showed her what the Catholic Church taught, and she continued to go on with the whole Zionist spiel, and uh, you know, so I kind of ended that. A talk back and forth because I was close to getting faith on, on my show. And I don't know, in recent times, it seems like she's starting to kind of come around to that deception. And I, I, I know you've had uh, James Perloff on your show. I bring him on every month and we talk about I like Zionism. James. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, James he's is a good. good. He's, guy. he's orthodox. Yeah, he's orthodox, even though we don't agree 
on uh, like the Orthodox are like the next closest thing to Catholicism from our perspective. Like they only disagree with us in a few different areas, like papal primacy and one other uh, area that I can't think of off the top of my head. It's not from our perspective. It's not quite as bad as Protestants. That, that's why our talks are very smooth because we agree just about on just about everything. You know, ninety nine percent of things. So. Uh, yeah, James is really good. He got that new book out, uh, the, the on the New World Order. Uh, we did that talk last week. You know, getting his promo out for that. So yeah, he's another give, he's know, another an guy. Venue. Yeah, he's another guy who's persona non grata on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good guy, and uh, I've I've definitely learned a, a lot from his work. I mean, he 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 will talk about the UFO agenda, and he agrees with us uh, or what I'm saying with the apostasy in the church and. Uh, everything seems to be headed towards this. And, and by the way, the message of Fatima, the real third secret, which hasn't been revealed by by the Masonic Marxist modernist Vatican, and it's not going to be released uh, until after the fact, it is a reference to the apostasy in the church, which we're seeing now. But then ultimately, this one world system under the biblical false prophet and the Antichrist. I mean, that's the end game in all this. Like, it's it, what I'm saying is, it's it's going to get worse. The people who I keep running into in conservative circles who who tell me, you know, Trump's defeated the new world order. This is over. There's a great revolution coming. By the way, revolution is only playing into the new world order hands. I'm Do not you sure believe that Donald Trump is a Zionist? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's got connections with with various uh, Jews. Uh, his main handler, by the way, was a thirty uh, third degree Freemason, Norman Van Peel. Uh, I have all these kind of top anti-Zionist. Um, how do I put it? You know, analysts. You know, like Adam Green from No More News. If you haven't checked out his work, yeah. I mean, where, he goes, where is is he still making videos? They haven't yeah, got rid of him doing, yet. I don't know how he gets away with it. I That's don't what I'm wondering. He has any strikes. I mean, he's doing really wow. good over there. I just did a talk with him. If you go over to No More News, you'll see our talk from like two weeks or so ago that really got uh, caused an awful lot of stir that everyone uh, really enjoyed. Uh, you'll see the video interview there. It was really good. And uh, we got through an awful lot. I think we did about an hour, yeah, about an hour, hour and a half that day. And uh, yeah, Adam is a uh, good stuff because he also agrees, that, you know, that the Antichrist is close. Again, he, he thinks it, it, he thinks it may be Kushner. I think he's kind of pushed back. It's a funny bit you where... say that because I did have a guest on several months ago who said that Jared Kushner was the Antichrist. Yeah, he just doesn't, uh, you know, from our Catholic perspective, he doesn't fit the bill because this biblical false prophet character. There, there's certain aspects to him. Um, that are preliminary to the Antichrist. So if he, if Kushner is the Antichrist, that means he would have to have a sidekick kind of paving the way for him. And it would have to come from the religious side. So there's no other person out there that would fit the bill that would be kind of paving the way for, for Kushner, ultimately. I mean, there's certain characteristics. Uh, for example, the Antichrist is is eventually going to have an image set up not only in Jerusalem in the third in Jerusalem but the third temple as well but then also in Christian churches this is why there's so many changes happening inside the supposed Catholic churches these days where they right. you know move tabernacles off to the side they put a table out in front of the people instead of an altar the priest now faces uh, the crowd as opposed to it being a sacrifice which is what we believe uh, as Catholics because Jesus said he who does not eat of me uh, cannot have everlasting life he's referring to the Catholic Eucharist I don't know how Protestants can get past that uh, without questioning their own belief system because you have to eat of his body in order to have eternal life and and Protestants see it as uh, just something symbolic. Well, shockingly, shockingly enough, Eric, a lot of people out there don't really read their Bibles properly. And I have to confess here with you, I, I do have a confession to make. I'm not exactly a religious whatsoever. I'm actually an agnostic atheist. 
and have been since I was in a, since I was about mm, 14 or 15 years old. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that I'm not open-minded and it doesn't mean that I have not read into Catholicism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism. Uh, I've read into a lot of these things before. And I feel that a lot of these things, they all do have a piece of the puzzle, uh, but you you do have to decipher all these things for yourself and discern uh, fact from fiction, I guess you could say, but that's kind of, um, people will definitely have a, uh, people will get angry that I even said that right now. <laughs> right. Well, you sound awful lot like uh, Rex over at Leak Project. I think he considers himself an agnostic. I like Lex or Rex. Um, we've had some good conversations. You know, he's open minded to, to to processing, listening to. And when, like I said, when I bring people on my podcast, I mean, like you, I sit back. And as long as it doesn't go on the level of dogmatic stuff, I mean, I allow people to talk about whatever they want to. I mean, they, they can, you know, I don't censor anyone have, on, on that I, level. I have nothing but love in my heart for everyone, to be perfectly honest. Even though I do say some inappropriate and awful things sometimes, I make terrible jokes. Well, I, we all do. I do say, <laughs> I do say some, some pretty nasty things every now and then, but... When it all comes down to it, at the end of the end of the the day, there, I, I definitely am uh, really nice uh, in general, though. What we try to do at Tradcat Night again is our special niche is in prophecy. It's in uh, rooted in Catholic tradition on what these early apostles, ca Catholic apostles, uh, Catholic tradition has to say on these end times. It's quite clear when you read what they have to say. It's like reading the headlines of today. One of which, uh, you know, all the early church fathers and all the esteemed theologians in the church teach that uh, during the end times, end of days, however you want to put it, Rome would return to its ancient paganism, right? So it was paganistic at first. Constantine had his conversion, converted to Catholicism. But then during the end days, it's going to go back to paganism. Now, this is what I was mentioning earlier with Francis, who is off. Out, he's just out of his mind with some of the things he's been saying lately. He's going wild, huh? Uh, well, with this Amazon Synod that's coming up in early October, I mean, he has classic one-liners where he references uh, the creator in, 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 a, in a father-mother sense. So he didn't go full-blown like New Age Mother Gaia, but he's like flirting with it. Then he's talking about how indigenous people uh, in their rituals, uh, you know, they, they have I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact verbiage he uses. But, you know, even we as Catholics uh, have to take into consideration that it, it brings, you know, great value to society. I mean, a lot of these things that he's saying have long been condemned by the church. Again, we love everyone, too. But we believe that there's a certain narrow path sure. as it relates to doctrine where yeah. like like you can't cross that boundary. You can't say. You know, the, the, the paganistic people who are doing these, you know, interreligious rites or whatever, you, you, you can't say that they're on the same path that we are, uh, objectively speaking. Again, we can't judge their intentions. That's something the church also uh, infallibly condemns. Like, I can't judge your intentions just as you couldn't mind. But objectively speaking, on the surface level, I could say, OK, from a Catholic perspective, you know, why don't we agree with, uh, you know, just, you know, outright paganism. Why don't we agree with Zionism? Why don't we agree with Protestantism? So for us, it all comes back to, you know, traditional, what these early church fathers say, because they're quite clear that Rome goes full-blown pagan, paganistic again. It's going to be destroyed. And we're, we've, did you see that recent earthquake swarm out in Rome? It was just uh, sure did, yeah. this past week. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to they're gonna shake, rattle, and roll. Uh, we're seeing it's going to happen. Of, yeah, we're seeing lots of uh, major earth changes. That is something I, I did want to mention with you here. But sure. we were talking a little bit about uh, more in the political realm. And before we go back into uh, the swarm of asteroids, 
that are headed towards Earth as we speak now. I did want to go back to what we saw a few days ago in the 2020 candidates, that debate that we saw, the Democrats. Did you happen to watch that? I didn't. I, like I said, I've been working on an awful lot of projects, doing an awful lot of media appearances. You missed like, the hysterity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had other people on give me their analysis, whose whose opinions I I highly value, like a Gerald Salente, uh, Sally Agaris from uh, today, who's like a libertarian kind of type. Uh, he also believes both parties, you know, they're they're run by the same group, the New World Order. I mean, it's, it's no different. Uh, I, you know, well, socialism I agree with you on that. Socialism on one side of the coin, communism on the other side of the coin. It's it's all building up towards uh you know the end, you know the end game. The end result is going to be uh the same thing. I mean, you could argue in a loose sense that Trump is the lesser of two evils. But as I've been trying to point out to other Christians, uh, I don't know if you saw this comments on this. And again, this this is not a subjective attack on on anyone in your group. But again, I think everyone knows how what we have to say concerning homosexuality and sodomy and all that stuff. Well, he came out and openly supported. Uh, this month, you know, LGBT month. Uh, and here's someone that passes himself off as a Christian. No Christian does that. And it's, this is happening, too, in the in the Vatican II conciliar church, the whole, you know, gay pride movement and all that stuff. It's all leading up to what Jesus said, that it, during these times, it would be like days a lot all over again. This is another reason why we think we're very close to chastisement. But then also he made some very irky uh, comments that really upset a lot of Catholics, so much to the point where I got emails saying that people wouldn't vote for Trump now. Uh, I haven't voted in a long time. I, I've just, I always fly by the model these these people these puppets are selected or not elected yeah, when i go down seems there that boy, way. what's that i was gonna say it almost seems that way like it really doesn't matter who we vote for yeah well at least at the you know at the presidential level i'm not saying don't do anything sure like, you know, uh, yeah I'm you know like in your local levels you know you can make you can make an impact you can change your community but that i, I agree mean, with on. yes at the presidential level like come on if you get to that level you know you know they're in on the game and perhaps the last per person who wasn't in on the game, I mean, JFK, who was a Catholic. And look at uh, him. Not, not necessarily a good Catholic morally, but he called out the New World Order. And what happened? They whacked him. <laughs> they whacked him. Uh, so, you know, perhaps he was the last legit president. But, uh, you know, it's kind of the same with the Vatican, that. though. I mean, look, look at the people that they're putting out there for the past 50 years. They're, they're all puppets, too, in my opinion. You know, even someone conservative like John Paul II, and this is why a lot of people hate me. I mean, repeatedly, over and over and over again, he could be seen given the 666 hand sign like Trump, the A-OK -okay hand sign. Like, that's that's nefarious. Like, that's not comical. That's not like, oh, he's just joking. Like, to me, given the doctrine that was coming out of John Paul II's mouth, which was highly uh, Masonic, he was a universalist, which is another heresy, and I don't want to bore your audience Oy with vey. that. Uh, but, you know, listen, you know, he, he was leading the, the charismatic movement. He, he would bring in Shiva witch doctors to be blessed by at some of these interfaith movements. I mean, you know, to a certain degree, he was just as bad as Francis. So I don't know why all these conservative types are, are pointing the finger at Francis in the church, and they won't point their fingers at John Paul II. But again, as you know, I call a spade a spade. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to call people out. You're a straight shooter. Yeah, straight shooter. And that's why a lot of people hate me. So they got to come up with the ad hominem attacks. I'll stay away from Aaron. He's a kook. He's a whack job. He's a madman. You know, all this kind well, of that's good what stuff. They, that's what they say, though, when they get defensive. That's it. Yeah. Ad hominem attacks. And they know. And like some of them, I've even I've even offered them to come on my show. I said, hey, we'll come on the show. We'll do it. We'll do a highly intelligent debate. We'll push. And they don't want to do that. Oh, that would be fun. They don't want to do that because they know that I've actually done that with certain Catholics. And they, they just hang up the phone on me because they know they're not going to get anywhere. 
and they kind of pout and then they just hang up the phone and, and that's it. So well, that's uh, what they have to resort yes. to. And, uh, you know, people who are smart enough to kind of see through the line, they, they've joined my website. I've got a 99% re- renewal rate. Uh, I tried cat night. So people who sign up, they stay for the long term because uh, they, they obviously enjoy the information and the podcast. And it's, it's just a lot coming to you uh, on a daily basis. And Eric, let me ask you this. Are you against gay marriage? Well, yeah. Yeah. From a Christian perspective. Yeah. And that, that would just be one of the signs uh, of the times, whether it's that, whether it's uh, abortion. Like, like for example, if, if this were truly a Christian country, Michael, there would be no, there, there would obviously be what you just mentioned. There wouldn't be uh, abortion. Uh, there wouldn't be all these illicit uh, laws that we're, we're now seeing popping up, which are, uh, well, like some of them, the Noahide laws, which are being passed. I'm not sure if you've seen this in South Carolina, uh, Florida. They're now pa- trying to pass legislation where if you even uh, mention Israel in a neg- negative context or if you're trying to expose like certain aspects of the Holocaust or whatnot, you could be fined or thrown in jail. Yes. And I, I what, we're saying is, what we're saying is, and your audience might not know this, but it's, it, it is clear from Catholic tradition that the Antichrist is going to be a Jew. I know most people, uh, you know, they're, oh, that's, that's anti-Semite, blah, blah, blah. Well, go argue with the early Catholic apostles who literally hung around Jesus. That's what they said. That, that's the oral tradition on the matter. So go take it up with them. I assure you, you don't know better than they do. Uh, and then, you know, talking about Jerusalem and the whole New World Order. Yeah, Catholic. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it's a very interesting thing to to mention here on the program. Lots of people definitely subscribe to that theory as well. Yeah, well, a lot of people, I uh, you know, uh, think that the Antichrist w- would be Islamic, and there is with this Maitreya character, it's 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 sort of interesting because I think he's going to have more or less a connection with both. You know, these certain crypto Jews like Erdogan that passes himself off off as Islamic, he's really a Jew. I'm not sure if most people know that, but he's a crypto Jew, Erdogan. Uh, So a lot of these like top Islamic leaders, they're they're not even really Muslim or Islamic. They're they're really crypto Jews uh, in disguise. Uh, And I've covered this in times past. I don't think I've heard that term before. Crypto Jew. Yeah, yeah, you could go to maybe, oh, I don't know if some of the videos still uh, stand uh, on YouTube, you know, it's a censorship. If you go to YouTube, you could just kind of type that in, Uh, crypto Jews, um, I mean, you could even type in maybe like Kazarian, Kazarian Mafia, the Kazarians. Because uh, most most of the people who migrated uh, into the the quote unquote Holy Land, and, and by the way, you know this is what's so diabolical about this. I mean, the people of Palestine were literally overrun uh, by this uh, mafia, and then they claimed to be the chosen one, massacred people, pushed them out of their homelands, and now. You know, you got all these Christians saying, oh, well, Israel has a right to defend their land. Like, uh, no, they don't. Uh, From a Catholic perspective, uh, let me be plain and blunt with you uh, concerning the group that you all know that I'm talking about. Uh, It's talked about various popes have said this particular group of people deserve to wander until the end of time, until they convert for killing Jesus, which, by the way, it's in Scripture. If you don't believe me, go to 2 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16. It's quite clear what group. Uh, was behind the killing of Jesus. Uh, just remember, that group pushed the hands of Pontius Pilate. You remember that famous scene? I'm sure you've seen the movie, The Passion of Christ. Which, oh, yes. Uh, okay, well, that was based upon uh, Blessed Anna Emmerich's visions, by the way, her revelation. She was a German mystic. Mel Gibson is a traditional Catholic. Like, he's a state of a contest, very similar uh, viewpoint as me, by the way. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Hutton Gibson, his dad, is a very famous uh, traditional Catholic. He was he he appeared on Alex Jones' show uh, quite often back in the day. I tried getting him on the show, but I think his health is really bad. Um, Punched Pilot wiped his hands clean. 
because he knew there would be a revolt from that particular group. I'm, I'm, I'm not mentioning her name because I don't want Michael's this video to be taken down because trust me, it will. Uh, but that's just, you know, that's just the reality. And people, you know, mention that, oh, you're an anti-Semitic. No, I'm just pointing out the reality. If, if you if you want to, you know, go and hide under the, ru the rug and whitewash that, then go and do it. Ultimately, this New World Order at the top of the snake's head comes from this particular group of people. There, there's all types of, uh, you know, different sects working with them. You know, I mean, there's different conspiratorial groups which are helping them achieve this New World Order in the end. Uh, but it's quite clear from Catholic tradition. Yes, he, he's going to be uh, Jewish. He's going to come from the tribe of Dan specifically. He's going to pass himself off as the Uber Mother Teresa type. He's going to be highly charismatic, uh, even talking in tongues, which is why I warn uh, some people who identify themselves as Christian and they're charismatic. He's actually going to merge Western charismaticism with the false, from our perspective, the false Eastern uh, religion. I believe, I believe it's Buddhism. I can't remember if it's Hindu or Buddhism, but there's a, there's Probably, a movement called yeah. the Kundalini. Yeah. Uh, the Hindus. I think it's, it's yeah. Hindus. Okay, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they have a very similar kind of charismatic movement. And uh, I think there's going to be a merger in this this one world religion to come where he's going to kind of bring the what we would call the heretical sect of, you know, Western uh, charismaticism along with the Eastern version, because they both have like a laying on hands and, you know, gift of tongues and kind of all that stuff. Uh, so that, that's another reason why I tell people you'll be very leery of uh, charismaticism. Uh, but in any case, I really get off off track there. Yeah, um, it's okay. And Eric, uh, do you also su subscribe to the same notion that Father Malachi used to talk about when he said that we would see the Antichrist in our lifetime? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's here. And like I said, uh, the next major thing is the economic collapse. You know, start to prepare right now. Gerald Salente mentioned that on my show today. I mean, I, I try to interject, uh, you know, periodically when he's talking, you know, Catholic prophecy about Russia attacking, about, uh, you know, everything that we're, we're basically talking about today. Uh, but it's quite clear, you know, the headlines read that this is right around the corner. This isn't three, four, five decades away. You know, you got to take into consideration, you know, 5G, blockchain, you know, the voice of, of God, uh, Lucy Wave system that they have set up, which uh, eventually the Antichrist is going to speak through. He says he's going to speak to humanity on the day of declaration. You're going to hear him telepathically. So on that day, after the economic collapse, when uh, he's going to appear on United States TV, this is how it's going to be from my perspective. This is how you're going to know who this guy is. That's why I don't think it's Kushner either, because it's, it's not going to be Kushner who shows up and do, does this. He'll be more Middle Eastern-ish looking. Uh, I'm sure you've seen, you know, the photos of Maitreya down there in, uh, uh, I think it's, what was it, Nairobi or something. Uh, you know, sort of looks like Obama even, I guess. Uh, but, you know, who knows exactly what he's going to look like. But he's going to he's gonna look Middle Eastern-ish. There, there's no doubt about it. Catholic tradition says he would be born in the land of Palestine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in any case, uh, he's here. Uh, economic collapse. Uh, right after that happens, I think you'll see him probably within a few years. Uh, worst case scenario, within a, a few years after the, the the stock market reset, economic collapse, and that's when he's going to start pitching uh, his, his wonderful socialism. And this is why I think very interesting. This is why I think personally, best case scenario is. And again, I'm not a big Trump fan, but I can understand why people vote for Trump to at least stave off the next stage of, of socialism, if you will. Well, I mean, yeah. Eric, just given the fact that what we saw uh, this past week, I could just sum it up really quickly and tell you that these uh, Democrats 
they are not leaders, to be perfectly honest with you. I was not impressed by any of them, uh, to be completely honest with you. And I'm not even a Trump supporter whatsoever. I'm not right. really a supporter of any president when it comes down to it at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not affiliated with any political party either. I'm completely independent. Uh, so that means I'll definitely go after anyone and after any network. It's not like I'm going to be on Fox News or uh, on Fox or Red Eye at any time, you know, so... I'm not worried about that. Um, these Democrats, however, they seem pretty far gone. They even, they truly, in my opinion, they make Obama look like a Republican at times. <laughs> right. Well, that's, no, that's the whole next, it's, it's progression, right? It's happening in uh, the conciliar church. The Vatican II church is getting worse and worse doctrinally. It's getting worse and worse corruption-wise, just as you're seeing the same trend in, uh, in this country on the state level. Things are becoming more leftist, right? Open borders, the attack on, uh, you know, they're trying to take away our guns, which, by the way, Trump is trying to take away silencer on guns. It'll be a progression there. It'll be silencers, and it'll be something else, and then eventually the, they'll come for your guns. And I, I can tell you that. That will that will kickstart a revolution in this country. I mean, I live out in Ohio. I don't know uh, I don't know where, uh, you said you were out, like, in California. I'm in California. Okay. Little, the laws are— A little, little bit oh, more liberal than out here. The but laws are terrible You don't play here. around with guns out here. You start messing with people's guns around here. As a matter of fact, they're trying to pass a law here in Ohio in which you don't even have to go through concealed carry courses anymore. You could literally just start carrying, like, I think that's how it is in Texas. So someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at least in certain areas you can do that. But out here in Ohio, man, you, the liberals try to come for your guns, and there's going to be blood on the streets everywhere. And so I think that— uh, you have to pay attention to with these leftists. But, yeah, you know, open borders, gun control, the sodomite agenda, you know, the socialist aspect, Green New Deal and all that stuff. I'm right there with you. Uh, Salente says uh, – well, I had a few guests. Sal and Salente said that that Tulsi Gabbard person came across pretty decently. Again, I didn't see it. I don't know. Uh, they said at least that she had a decent foreign policy. Um, some but, pretty good know, jabs. I, I, a few good jabs there by um, some of the some of the candidates there. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't miss much, though, to be honest. <laughs> I probably didn't. Nah. Well, I'm a monarchist anyway. I'm, I'm a political atheist, just like uh, Salente. I, I don't fall for the whole left right uh, paradigm that I'm with you, by that. the way, that, that's what free uh, free Freemasonry has done. Uh, you know, the Repo republics and democracies are spawn of Freemasonry. And the left and the right, like you said earlier, the left and the right, they play for the same team, essentially. Yeah, it's the same right. people, the and, same faction. Uh, they had to first break down the Catholic monarchies uh, throughout Europe. We, we've obviously never been a, a monarchy here. Uh, we've always been a, a quote-unquote republic. We've got Masonic principles in place, religious liberty, liberty of conscience, separation of church and state. I tried to point this out to Sarah Westall, who uh, likes to think of herself as highly intelligent. I would, I would argue otherwise. And I said, Sarah, do you not realize that what you are following in this country as principles are Luciferian? Those are Masonic principles. Those are not Christian principles, because she was trying to argue she was a Christian. I was mm. trying to tell her she wasn't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> those are all, you know, what's embedded in, as principles in this country. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and turn your, your dollar bill over and take a look at wh who uh, the, uh, this country is pledged to via the New World Order. You'll see the all-seeing eye, the pyramid. Oh, of course. Ordo Seclorum, folks. Of this course. country was never yes. Christian. Yeah, the, the whole thing of uh, the program here, the logo is the all Sinai. It's just uh, paying homage to what this country is. It's a Masonic Republic. Shouldn't be no surprise to anybody. 
but also you can also actually find the 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 triangle. I mean, um, the triangle in Catholic uh, heraldry too. Uh, sometimes some people will look at some older Catholic buildings and will say, "Oh, that's the all-seeing eye of the Masons." Well, not necessarily. If you look at some of the the ancient older kind of art, you'll notice the the the, the triangle being used uh, as a reference to Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If that makes sense for for the Holy Trinity. Yes. Uh, so you got to be careful, uh, you know, sometimes with that. But uh, like I said, yeah, Freemasonry has has ripped off uh, the Catholic religion, but that's what we're, that's it's going to happen, uh, my good friend. So I, my message is get get prepared now, get your communities prepared. You know, you don't you don't have to run around like a chicken without uh, your head. Uh, I've actually been trying to get um, this uh, this group of good Catholics out in Garden Grove, California. I'm not sure how far that is from you, but I've been telling them that you you better get out of there. Not I mean, too far. For, the per Catholic prophecy, it's not safe to be on any coastline. And I've been trying to tell them to come out here to the Ohio Valley area. Uh, and I'm, I'm still working on them. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cali, you know, I grew up on the Jersey Shore. I've been trying to get some of my friends off of that coastline now for a, water, uh, for a while. It's, it's, it's not with these earth changes coming. Uh, like I said, 2012 doesn't actually portray just how insane. Uh, I mean, it's going to get to us so bad where, where certain prophecies uh, like Our Lady said to Blessed Aiello, she, she said whole countries uh, would be swallowed up via these sinkholes, that whole sinkhole phenomenon, which you're seeing out in California and Florida and various other countries like Russia. I mean, they're like kind of swallowing up, you know, maybe two or three houses or swallowing up a parking. Like, can you imagine waking up and, and finding out like Cuba just got swallowed up? Like, where'd Cuba go? Yeah, that'd be crazy. And yeah. an- another I mean, thing to get bad. Right. And an- another thing to worry about is the asteroid that does have a one in mm-hmm. one seven thousand chance of uh, hitting Earth this fall. Yeah, I, of course. There's, there's quite a few. There's there, quite a yeah. few inbound. There's another major one, I think, in 2029 that uh, most people are leery of. There was just another one. I thought it was yesterday that passed by. It's really hard to keep track of these. But as as the Planet X system gets closer, it's going to be kicking in all kinds of space debris. And I, I suggest to your audience, uh, in the Old Testament, we, we all know how Sodom and Gomorrah perished, right? Fiery brimstone, essentially falling from the sky. And most... Uh, well, some, I'm not going to say most, but I know this has been published on Catholic uh, websites, where essentially what happened was, uh, you, you know, meteorites were, were being kicked in during the times of uh, Sodom, and they were exploding, like, close, lower to the ground. And this is how, essentially, people could be turned to pillars of salt and how they basically, how the Bible described them dying, it could happen all over again. I suggest to you Amazing. that the Planet X system kicks in and you see all these liberal cities, pay attention because this is where you're going to see an awful lot of meteorite activity as God will be demonstrating. I'm not so happy. Uh, are you predicting? Are, are you predicting a Sodom and Gomorrah oh, uh, yeah. scenario in San Francisco? Is that what you're telling me here? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, San Fran. San Fran's uh, top three places not to be on my list. I, I did a whole list last year, top 15 oh, did places you? not to be. Yeah, San Fran is top three easy. It might even be my number one, the L.A. San Fran area. I mean, the only other place I can think of that at this point would be worse would probably be the D.C. area, maybe the tri-state area, you know, like New York City. Kind uh, of Vegas Philly, has – Vegas is a pretty low – Yeah, Vegas low pro too. too. Yeah, and especially Vegas. Well, not only with a, a potential false flag, and by the way, keep an eye on a potential false flag. We got ISIS now warning us, uh, you know, in retaliation uh, for some of the stuff that's been happening geopolitically between the United States, Iran, and Iran saying, we, you know, they'll fire back. But ISIS said specifically they might do something on July 4th. They got to do something to drag us into a major 
full-scale war, World War III. So don't be surprised if, if, if Fourth of July uh, has fireworks and in a sense that we don't want it to be. Yes, uh, and, and keep an yeah. eye on this date, by the way, Eric, for the asteroid. The one I'm referring to is called 2006 QV89, and apparently it's going to whiz by our planet September 9th. So definitely keep an eye on that date. You well, never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, it's in Catholic prophecy. It's in the Bible that we get hit by wormwood, which is going to be a meteor or an asteroid. Uh, it also is in Catholic prophecy. The, the great German mystic St. Hildegard um, talked about how the great nation, which he's referring to America, uh, I would say most people who analyze that text, her text, uh, say they, they either argue it's uh, America or Great Britain. I'd, I'd say most people at this point say it's America. Um, in any case, it indicates this comet hitting the Earth. The great nation will be submerged on its coastlines. Uh, then there'll be uh, it will be uh, divided down the middle. Now, if you've ever looked at one of the U.S. Navy maps uh, that a lot of these uh, Planet X researchers put out there, it's exactly the descriptor of St. Hildegard. Like when I mentioned this to John Moore, who comes on my program, uh, who is a, you know, a Navy kind of insider. And he saw all these maps. I was like, John, do you not realize that what, what you're putting down on paper and what these other planet X researchers are saying, this, this was spoken about centuries ago by the, uh, the great German mystic St. Hildegard, where she accurately describes this, this country uh, and the vast earth changes uh, that are going to happen uh, due to this comet alone hitting us. So uh, it's going to be interesting times. People, people better be ready. Uh, Halfway you know. through the year, Eric, we're almost done here in 2019. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good stuff, buddy. I appreciate uh, coming on the show. Wait a minute, Before. Eric. I, I needed to ask you one more thing. Sure. Oh sure. my goodness, I couldn't let you go just yet. There's uh, one more thing I did want to ask you, and it's more on the conspiratorial side of things here, and that goes back to Osama bin Laden. This is a little bit out of left field here, but I did want to ask you about this because I'm just curious what you think about this. And I've asked several people about this issue and the Fox News reported that Osama bin Laden had been uh, killed way back in 2001, if I recall correctly. Yeah, about a decade earlier. Yeah. yeah. And of course, knowing what we know now about media and how things work, I'm curious to maybe pick your brain a little and ask you if you think that whole thing was completely fabricated. Oh yeah. The whole, absolutely. the whole photograph with Obama and Hillary Clinton inside that briefing room. Do you think all of that was I haven't fake? Seen, I haven't seen that one specifically, but I can tell you that what the mainstream, what the mainstream media is putting out on 99% of the stuff that they're doing. It's, it's all propaganda. It's all fake news. It's all to get you to think in a certain sense. Uh, you know, there's even various aspects of uh, the Holocaust that I think are completely fabricated. In my opinion, you know, 6 million did not die. That was a, a prefabricated number um, that was developed actually uh, decades uh, before in advance. Uh, I don't personally believe, like uh, Bishop Williamson does, that there was actually gas chambers there, as some revisionists say. I think that some of those were placed after the fact. Uh, some of these people now turning out to, you know, come out and say, you know, this happened to him or that happened to him. They've actually admitted to being crisis actors uh, from the, from the from the Holocaust. So, you know, that there's there's a lot of elements of that that I don't agree with. But the same thing with the whole 9/11 story. I mean, it was a, it was a CIA Mossad. Uh, Operation, yeah, good which majority. essentially, which essentially yeah. got us to get all stirred up 
to get us back into the Middle East. Right. <laughs> it seems, it. It seems like a good majority of people have finally been awoken to the reality that the mainstream media has gotten their facts wrong uh, plenty of times, and they've been wrong uh, before in the past. And time tends to do that sort of thing where we find out uh, through time that a lot of things that, that are reported aren't exactly true, and we are led to believe these false narratives that never really took place. That's it. That's what they have to do. They have to keep the false narratives alive. That's why on YouTube now, uh, like, say, if I were to speak about the Holocaust, and I wouldn't do that because I know I would get a strike, but you, you you'll notice would. underneath the videos, they'll put like a little Wikipedia blurb. Yes. And they'll give the mainstream media narrative. So if you're saying something completely contrary, it, it, it gets the, the person who's viewing your video to think otherwise. Uh, so they can, can completely control and manipulate uh, the, the flow of information. And it's in the protocols of Zion. I mean, they needed to have control of the media. When you took about all the major media channels, who owns that? I'm going to allow you to know where I'm going with that. A couple corporations, same, yes. Yeah, a couple corporations that are run Six. by a certain group of people who killed Jesus in the end. <laughs> Amazing. And of course, before I let you go, one more thing. Your opinion on Jesse the Body Ventura. Go. Jesse, uh, the body. Well, I mean, I've seen his uh, show's uh, conspiracy uh, theory, which I, I highly appreciate. I think he identifies as an atheist. You can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong or not, but I mean, obviously, I don't agree with him on that level. I think he's uh, pretty intelligent as far as I can see. I mean, obviously, I don't agree with some. I, I believe I've seen some anti-Catholic or anti-religion rhetoric from him in times past. Sure. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, I don't go down that road, but I mean, like on all of these topics that we talk about, I mean, he's really done a fantastic job unmasking. I used to watch that show, Conspiracy Theory, you know, Brain Invaders and all the, you know, the FEMA camp. I like the guy and, too. I mean, there was a lot of good shows yeah. he did. I like Jesse. Not a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he, he, he's well, well informed on what the new world order is, is trying to get across. Yes, incredible stuff. Thank you so much, Eric, for being a part of the program. I definitely want to uh, let you go here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do appreciate yeah. you being here yet again. It's been uh, fantastic. It's always an honor and pleasure to talk to you, Eric. And uh, please feel free to plug anything you'd like. The floor is yours, my friend. Go ahead. Appreciate it, Michael. Uh, as always, again, folks, uh, anyone can sign up to tradcatnight.org. Again, so many podcasts, so much information coming out uh, on a regular basis. My own articles and analysis are only seen there. I only do short little blurbs or promos on YouTube now. Who knows how much longer I'll have there, but uh, I'm trying to get a good group of a, a good community going to where people can stay in contact with one another. Uh, you know, share information. I allow my uh, members to post commentaries. You know, do their own videos. I'll post it for them. So I think it's a little bit different and unique than what other websites do. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, my podcast list is, I mean, it's deep. I've got hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, I know. I need know, to start. Well, I need to start bothering you about it, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually picked up a, a few new ones even over this past week. I got the Red Elephants guy coming on, the scariest movie ever guy wow. coming on. I don't even know what his name is. Uh, I got a lot of great cool. new people coming on uh, that I haven't had on in times past. Uh, and so get over to tradcatnight.org and, and join us. It's it, like you're going to find out after the first two or three days, it's, it's well worth the price. And again, if you're not Catholic, you, you know, I guess, you know, the worst case scenario with, with the, with the Catholic kind of stuff, you, you can just kind of skim over it, I guess, if you don't agree with what we have to say there. But, uh, in terms of exposing the new world order, I mean, I, I'm doing it on a daily basis. So, um, 
highly unique website and uh, i hope that you all do join us and uh yeah next round uh, of media appearances uh hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get back in touch and i typically do media appearances i'm so busy internally with the website i only do them really like every three months or so and i i've yes. got that new project i told you about with vimeo which is going to be a full-time job to create these movies uh like i want to create that one on marie julie jehenny who was the main mystic that talked about the three days of darkness and the arrival of all these demons where literally all hell will be brought uh, I mean, you're going to want to get to the website if, you, if you're not familiar with that you want to get you're going to want to get to tradcatnight.org just for that alone i have a page on that in and of itself three days of darkness i've got a whole podcast series on the false prophet the antichrist i'm going to be putting up a new page tomorrow on the new world order socialism communism there's always so much going on, Michael, and I just want to thank you for for hearing uh, us out. You're one of the rare few that will actually sit back and uh, you know at least allow me to get out what we have to say, which we know is a is a minority voice in this world. And uh, so you're to be commended for that. No and, problem. Uh, if, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, my friend. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll do this again sometime, my friend. Okay, take right, care. Now, take Michael. care, Eric. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Mr. Eric Juski. Yes, uh, great guest. I liked talking to him here on the program. And of course, we do have a second guest. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. And when I return, Marilyn Hughes joins me here live and direct. Don't go anywhere, folks. Stay tuned. And welcome back, boys and girls. I hope I didn't take too long there. I apologize if I did. How awful. Oy vey, indeed. And of course, we will be joined by a second soul in a moment here. I believe she is ready. Let's see if she is ready. Maybe she was telling the truth. And Marilyn, are you there? I am. How Her are you, Michael? I'm fantastic. I can't complain. How's everything <laughs> yeah, how's everything going for you this evening? It's going great. How's your evening? So far so good. Just uh my mouth is a little dry though. That's the only bad part here. I can understand that problem, especially when you're going into your third hour. Oh my goodness. Seriously. So welcome to End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. It's an honor to finally get a chance to talk to you, Marilyn. Oh, it's great to be talking to you too. Oh, yes. Now, this is the first time here on the program, or as I'd like to say, this is your first rodeo here. <laughs> yep, that's oh, yes. true. <laughs> so, Marilyn, I definitely want you to tell us about yourself. Give us a rundown on your background, Marilyn. Well, I am an out-of-body travel author. I've written over 90 books on out-of-body travel. I founded the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation in 2003, and you can find us online at outofbodytravel.org. All of our books, and I also have music CDs and some art and stuff is available for free download. And we also have a course of study for people who are interested in learning how to experience out-of-body travel. And also, in relation to your program, uh, I, was, uh, I was featured in a documentary film called The Road to Armageddon, a spiritual documentary, and that is also available at the website. You can watch it there. It's also available on YouTube, Amazon Prime, um, and other places, I'm sure. Definitely. And tonight we will be discussing the out-of-body experience. And 
how anyone can do this as well and perhaps the impact it does have on someone's life. Okay. Uh, yeah, most people, they say that having this sort of experience, it really does impact their life uh, tremendously. It's a game changer to some, as they say. Oh, yes. Um, if you uh, follow the path in a, in a structured way towards source, towards uh, the universal knowledge that's available, it can completely change your life. It directs you towards your destiny here. Um, you enter upon something I call the purification journey, which is truly, um, really, the, really important to happen for us to fulfill what we're here on this earth to do. Yeah, I love that. I definitely want you to talk more about that. But before we even jump into that, I want to go even further back in time because you've had all these sort of uh, strange experiences, even at a very young age, Marilyn. And I, I think you said something in your bio uh, around the age of nine, if I recall. Oh, yeah. When I, I had my first experience when I was nine years old. How do you and, remember uh, that, though, Marilyn? I'm sorry to cut you off, but how on earth did you have that memory? Oh, it was it was so powerful. It was one of those events in your life that you never forget. Uh, okay. um, it was just so powerful. I'll never forget it. Um, maybe I will if I get Alzheimer's. But, um, <laughs> but yes. I don't, I've never forgotten it. I still remember it very clearly to this day. And, you know, I was lying in bed, um, coming out of a deep sleep, and um, the clouds just began to swirl. Like, you know, I'm lying in a bedroom, but, you know, the heavens opened up, you know, so the clouds were swirling. There was this beautiful marble staircase. Up at the top of the staircase were um, two thrones. On one throne uh, was seated who I perceived as God the Father, and the other was God the Son. And on each side of the staircase were just hundreds of angels um, all the way up the staircase. And so I was kind of beckoned to come forth, and I started going up the staircase, and I was shown a bunch of things that were going to happen in my life, in my childhood especially, and some things and challenges I would have to overcome. Um, and that was intense, but they all did happen, and I was just shown that I would get through them and that they would serve a purpose and that there would come a point in my life where this was going to return to me, and there was something that I would need to do with it. I had something that God wished for me to do. And um, I, uh, I rem my life changed that day. Um, I remember waking up, told my mom about it. She thought I was nuts. <laughs> I was just going to say, how did your mom take it? I'm sure you must have told a parent or someone. Well, you know, my mother, my mother uh, was, you know, kind of, I'd say she was kind of an atheist probably mm. is where she was at. She was maybe agnostic. Um, so, you know, through, I, I learned very quickly that morning not to talk to her about those sorts of things. And, you know, throughout her life, she never really adjusted to me having this gift. It always kind of bothered her because it was just something so out of her experience and her her uh, realm of belief, too, you know. And she never had that sort of experience herself, Marilyn. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah. No, she never had anything like that at all. Oh, um, very, very, uh, very different in terms of, you know, where we came from and where this, you know, led us um, it was difficult for her, I think, you know, because she didn't understand it. And uh, sometimes, you know, we get hit with uh, gifts or something that's just so out of out of someone's uh, belief system or their realm of understanding that it, it, it just makes it really hard for them. Because It, it you know, does. That's true. 
Yes, yes. And so, you know, what ended up happening was I um, I learned very quickly, you know, that not to talk about that with my mom. Not but, to talk to mom about that, yeah. But I, I loved my mom. I loved my mother. And uh, But then, you know, when I was about 22 is when it came back. And I started having these spontaneous experiences. Um, my husband at the time suggested I start journaling them because it seemed to be uh, leading somewhere. So I did start journaling pretty much right away. And, um, you know, now it's 30, 32 years later and I'm still uh, at it. thousands of experiences in and, you know, 90 some books in and, um, you know, I could never have imagined, you know, it's interesting in, in St. Paul, he says, you know, I cannot see, see nor ear hear what God has prepared. And that is so true. And in a way that is so inexplicable in the sense of, you know, even when I had my first experiences, I could never have imagined where they would take me and what I would see in terms of the infinite, the infinitesimal universe that lies beyond the physical realm. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And Marilyn, um, what what about your mother today? If she is still around, that is, uh, how's your relationship with her? Uh, my relationship with her was was pretty good. You know, what I you know we we learned to just be different together. You know, I understood that she didn't understand what I do, and uh, we just enjoyed our relationship on other levels. She other passed levels, okay. away about two years ago. Oh, okay. And ironically, um, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, uh, shortly after her passing, you know, what usually happens with people that I care about and know when they cross over, I I get to see a little bit more of them because I help people with their afterlife journey. So I actually wrote quite a bit about my mother's afterlife journey in a book I wrote called The Limb of the Redemption. And uh, that was put out, I think, last year, but it really kind of chronicles some of her afterlife adventures and events and her purification journey. And even um, the fact that she, you know, obviously, uh, if you don't believe in anything in this life, you have to go through that awakening to it um, when we cross over. And so that was a really neat thing that I got to experience with my mom. Right. And I also must ask you, who introduced you to religion if it wasn't for uh, your mother, then it means perhaps maybe your father. Was he more aligned with that? Well, you know, that's interesting you say that because, yeah, it was my father. Um, he was a practicing Mormon. My dad's side of the family goes all the way back to uh, the beginning, like when uh, Joseph Smith and the So you're a settlers. Mormon, Marilyn. I was a Mormon. M- was. I'm actually Catholic now. Catholic now. I converted now. to okay. Catholicism in the year 2000. And uh, but my dad was Mormon, and most of my family on that side is still Mormon. And uh, he had got me this this little Bible and pictures. You know, he didn't teach me much, but he got me this Bible and pictures that I still have a copy of it. Of it's not the original one because that one fell apart. But I found another one just like it to remember my dad. <laughs> and, nice. Um, yeah, it's real nice because you know it was really neat because that did introduce me to God. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, when I was in my early twenties, um, I was always a seeker. Even when I was young, I always had this deep love for Christ, but, um, I was always a seeker. So I started on this journey of, you know, uh, discovering and studying the ancient sacred texts from around the world and from 
all traditions. So I, uh, that's, how, that's what led me eventually to convert to Catholicism. But, you know, I studied everything, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity. Yeah, you're definitely deep into religion. You've done your research, no doubt. You've spent a tremendous amount of time doing that. And another thing I, I did want to uh, ask you here was perhaps, since I've done this in the past, there are lots of people out there that love uh, astral projection. They love the whole uh, subject and the topic, really, of it. And I was hoping perhaps tonight you could teach us a few different methods that you've learned that will definitely help someone new at this. It seems like there are people out there that ask me pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty common question I get every now and then they want to learn the listeners. They want to know how to do this. There's always someone new at it. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that I'm even asked about this, but it does happen. Oh, really? I, well, I, I hear that question a lot too. And you know what I would recommend um, is what I generally recommend to people who come to my site for the first time is uh, start reading Come to Wisdom's Door. And there's also another book called The Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism. Come to Wisdom's Door is going to open you up to all the, the states of mind and the ways that you need to be viewing this journey um, and get you prepared. And what happens is when people start reading the mysteries of the redemption, they generally, there's just a lot of people just start having uh, experiences. And part of the reason for that is because it makes things possible in their mind. Um, and that uh, seems to instigate it. I know that when I wrote that book, I was told by the spiritual guardians who helped me write it, that it was going to do that. And, I, you know, and it has proven to be the case. So I recommend that. We also have a course of study that people can follow. And that's got all kinds of uh, uh, really important things to learn about that will help direct your journey. I'd say one of the biggest and most important things that a lot of people do not talk about is the path of purification. Because we come in here, uh, this is a mortal realm. Uh, I talk about this a lot, um, but, you know, this is like a purgatorial realm. It's a mortal realm. That means we're coming in here with uh, elements of good and evil that need to be purified. That's what we're here to do. So if you're in, alive in this realm, you, you can already just assume that part of your journey here is purification of something within yourself that either you misunderstand about the true eternal nature of things, the true eternal nature of love, the true eternal nature of God, and or some type of habitual behavior that may be associated with vices. And it may be more than one because most of us it is, you know. And so when people turn that focus and they really click that in, you'd be so surprised when they just take some of these techniques and ideas from Come to Wisdom's Door. It happens very quickly. Understood. And going back to Mormonism for a moment here, I, sure. I'm just curious. Uh, there's always been discussion on the special garment that one wears in the religion. I thought you could perhaps tell me a little bit more about that. Did you have to wear anything like that yourself? In uh, the Mormon faith? Yes. Did you um, have to wear any special garments? No, the only thing in the Mormon faith, you wear a, a white robe when you're getting baptized. You know, the Mormon faith, my father is actually the one who baptized me, and they do full immersion. So you wear a white robe. Um, 
that where you get a full immersion. Now, when I became Catholic, I was baptized um, in the Catholic faith because there's some question about, you know, the there's all the theological questions about which baptisms are valid and all that kind of thing. Um, in the Mormon faith, no, you don't really wear anything unusual. You just, uh, uh, except for baptism, you do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no one's wearing special underwear, as they say. Well, you know what? Now that now that you bring that up, I I think I've heard about that. I did not do anything like that. I nothing like know, that from, yourself. Okay. No, I think um I think for what you might be referring to may be related to people when they are like further into like these temple mysteries that you know we never went anywhere close to that because we were pretty yeah. much a not okay. a devout family. You know. I see. My, yeah, and so. Which is part of the reason, you know, as I um, as I grew older, I was, you know, starting that path of wanting to discover and seek, you know, to find the truth. Hopefully, you know, that was the goal. <laughs> yes, understood. I just wanted to ask you about that. And sure. Yeah. And what exactly made you, I guess, leave Mormonism? Well, it was... You know, ironically, I can even um, I can even tell you about an experience I had a mystical sure, experience, yeah. an out of body experience, where I was told, you know, that um, that Mormonism only contained a portion of the truth, and I was looking to understand what God's truth was. You know, when I started this journey, my prayer was, God, I want to know the truth, no matter what that is, and if it even if it contradicts what I might currently believe to be true. You know, um, I was never really uh convinced by the um you know the and you know most of my extended family are mormons and i love them so i just want to make that clear the mormon faith is beautiful and they're really good with families and all that kind of thing i've had teachers Um, who were mormon and they were some of the the nicest people they're really good people and you know but what i never could uh go along with was this whole idea of the schism because that's pretty much the whole premise of the whole the whole um, idea of the need for the restoration of the uh, Melchizedek priesthood and all that kind of stuff. And if you ever speak to them, you know, I've always asked many of the missionaries who come, I'll ask them, you know, okay, so where was the, uh, where was the apostasy? And, you know, they can't really point it out. Um, And if you look and you understand the church history that goes back with the Catholic church, you have the uh, line of succession of the popes. We did have some, you know, what we call anti-popes, but um, there was no apostasy. There was no break in that line of succession. And so that's kind of the main argument for Mormonism. And so I had some issues Understood. with that. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there were more, but, you well, know. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Everyone has their own opinions of, of everything. I'm, I myself am not a very religious person at all. I'm actually an agnostic atheist, but definitely read, well-read into a, a lot of uh, various religions uh, throughout the years, uh, something I've always kind of been into. And it, it is kind of ironic. Some of my listeners would say I, I get those kind of emails all the time. They say, how how are you like that? Why Why exactly are you an agnostic atheist, even though you yourself have had uh, experiences that are in the realm of the paranormal. And usually what I say is I try to be as the most rational as I can be. And I don't want to go around saying my experiences 
are are just that they're already cemented in in truth and and there's no other way to explain uh some of the things that I did experience i I don't want to rule those things out. I definitely want to leave that sort of uh, that door open in terms of how to explain uh, rationally what I may or may not have experienced, Marilyn. Do you think that's fair or do you think that's being too cynical? I think it's fair. I think, um, you know, ironically, a lot of atheists and agnostics are among, uh, you know, some of the most studious seekers that we, you know, you find. And I think that that's part of the process, you know, of discovering that that journey because you know we're all on a on a journey in this life a spiritual journey uh, yeah yes yes and so you know in my experience uh, my experiences might be a little different than sure. yours i'm not familiar with the things that happened to you but um but yeah in my particular case i was very um very uh studiously directed towards uh you know kind of a religious path where i i was instructed to you know study the ancient sacred texts and and look into the liturgies and the prayer books and all these writings of the mystics from throughout the ages and throughout the world and and i think that was partly you know just you know something that was particular to my own particular calling you know what i mean uh, yeah understood and what about uh, Scientology, any opinions there? I always figured that they are kind of like a cult. Um, I don't know enough about it to say a whole lot, but I have done some research on it, and it does seem that way to me as well. It's a good thing and you said that because now you're not burning bridges with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that now. <laughs> I like Tom Cruise, by the way. I'm not trying to take a shot at him. He's a great actor. Him. He's I love good, his movies. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Scientology, but I love Tom Cruise's I'm movies. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Trying to get you to laugh there, Marilyn. Yep. And by the way, as I was looking up information on you, Marilyn, I noticed you were actually interviewed by Casey Armstrong. And that that was a name I never imagined I'd see again. And for those who don't know who Casey is... Uh, Howard Stern fans know quite well all about Casey and his younger years, and I'm happy he's doing a show on WMAP. Uh, amazing stuff. And uh, wh what did you think about Casey? Casey seems like, uh, you know, I don't know that much about him. I just met him about about a week and a half ago, you know, via phone. And, you know, um, to me, he seems like a person who's undergone a lot in his life. And, oh, yeah. You know, I've written a lot of books about redemption, and it seems like he's on some kind of a redemption journey. And he wants to do positive things now. You know, I yeah. honestly, to be totally honest with you, I didn't know who you know, Casey Armstrong you didn't know, was. Oh, my I goodness. I've never listened to the Howard Stern show in my life, so oh, I only my. found out who he was like uh, a couple of days after I did the interview and a few people pointed it out to me and I was like, well, I never watched the Howard Stern show. I don't know. <laughs> and so, you know, I think what's interesting um, with Casey uh, to me, uh, really showing uh, to me, it's, it's interesting because he's had some very serious health challenges. Yeah, he has. And, um, you know, I, I went through a lot of that kind of thing in my life as well. And, you know, the health challenges, uh, you know, one of the quotes from Buddhism that I really enjoy repeating is that illness being a teacher of great piety is not to be avoided. And, um, you know, so I understand the journey that occurs 
when you are facing, uh, you know, mortality at a younger age, and it can be very spiritually transformative, you know, and I think Casey's going on a deep journey. And I think so too. I think there's something going on there. Yeah, it's great. You know, um, uh, he has this really amazing mother too. Um, I've heard a lot about her in the last week. You know, she teaches overseas. She teaches children in school. She's been doing that her entire retirement. And she, she seems like just an, a really amazing woman. And so, you know, he's surrounding himself now with a lot of positivity and he wants to put some energy towards, um, you know, the good things that are going on in the world. And I think that's fantastic. I agree with you on that one. I'm glad that he's doing a lot better than he was originally many, many years ago. He definitely had uh, had a battle with all sorts of things going on in his life. And now it seems like he's on a completely different path. I think that could be. And, and I, you know, I am a firm believer in letting people evolve as their lives change and grow because, you know, uh, none of us are the same. I'm 54 years old now and not the same person I was when I was 22 by any means. Oh, of course and I not. Think most gotta, of us yeah. could say that. And, you know, I really don't know that much about what he went through, but, um, but I know it was difficult and I know he had some serious physical issues as a result. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what the journey of life does for us. It provides us with these fertile opportunities to, to uh, transform things into something greater, which is, you know, what we always talk about um, when we talk about God, which is that God always brings the positive out of everything, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you know, and that is one of the things that I've definitely seen in my mystical journeys throughout the years that um, God does that, you know, with each one of us, because the reality is, is that we're all on this purification journey. Every single one of us um, has those things that maybe other people don't know about, but we, we may not even know about, but that's why the purification journey is just so important because once we, once we reorient our focus and we understand that that's what we're trying to do, it literally, it's like lighting a match, it it just sets off the uh, the eternal the eternal vibrations and and things start happening and you would be so surprised if I could tell you so many stories of people where just suddenly they're you know the master or the guru is just coming to them you know one of my right. spirit one of my spiritual counseling clients uh, just had the angels breathe into her the other night and it was just she was just in tears you know um, we we open up the door. When we understand that that's why we're here. Yes, and Marilyn, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to cut you off there, Marilyn, but no worries. Are are you open to uh, take phone calls by by any chance? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, in case anybody wants to call in, that number is seven six zero three three two eighty seven twenty four. Don't be afraid. You can call in. Let your voice be heard. Seven six zero three three two eighty seven twenty four. Don't be afraid. Marilyn doesn't bite. Nope, I don't. <laughs> I do sometimes, though. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. But yes, you, you are right about a lot of what you were talking about just now. And of course, I do want to turn your attention quickly here to astral projection. It seems sure. like you are well-versed in astral projection as well. And of course, remote viewing, which goes kind of hand-to-hand. 
Well, I would say that, you know, I'm much more of a beginner in remote viewing. I just um, recently uh, completed some of my uh, training in that, but out-of-body travel I've been doing for over 30 years. And, um, you know, when people talk about astral projection, one thing I just like to point out, when you're speaking of the astral realm, you're speaking of the fourth realm, which overlaps the third. So, uh, you know, if you're going to be just really uh, picky about the words, astral travel and astral projection really refers to fourth realm travel. One of the reasons I use out-of-body travel is because in my own experience, you know, we're traveling multidimensionally into yes. an infinite number of spheres and realms. And so um, that just makes it a little more clear. But uh, yeah, the the journey is vast. And, you know, the uh, it seems like, you know, God is reaching out right now to a lot of people that I have seen uh, just really uh, touching people with these types of experiences and bringing them into that, uh, that, uh, continuum, you know, the, the getting into that journey of purification, they're just, it's happening, you know? <laughs> yes. And what about those people out there who say astral projection is sinister and something that is selfish? Oh, well, I've never heard people say it's selfish. I've heard the, that people don't you know think it's not a good thing. Um, I think they're well, referring to the voyeurism aspect of it. Oh, okay. There you go. I know that's a bit of bit of a, a, a curveball for you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just that um, you know uh, I, I'm laughing because the uh, when you know when we're talking about out of body travel, this is a really common misconception. A lot of people do think about it as like a parlor trick or something, kind of like you're pulling out a Ouija board and oh, I'm going to go look in on you in your bathroom and yes, you know, and, and yes, that is not yes. at all what it is. That's what I'm referring um, to. Some folks, you know, they think that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, for those folks out there who, who, who are looking at it that way, that is not what it is at all. You know, um, there are people that will pursue it that way. And for those who are pursuing it that way, I would just suggest that you take a deeper look. Some people what, are creepy. You, you never underestimate uh, some folks out there and what lengths they'll go. Well, that's true. That, that's always a, that's always a possibility. Um, in my experience and what I teach and what I do – I'm not I'm not earthbound. When I when I'm traveling out of body, I'm going to the heavenly realms, the purgatorial realms, the hellish realms. Um, and I go into the purgatorial and the hellish realms because I'm called in to assist other souls. Um, one of the things I was told early in the journey is that creation has to uh, give back to itself and we must continue to create. And so we, you know, as we receive from the higher spheres into our own spirits, we have to also give to those who are struggling in different realms. So um, part of the journey is going to involve helping other people in different circumstances. Most of the time when I'm traveling, I'm going to be traveling into heavenly spheres or I'm going to be going into purgatorial realms where I'm going to be shown things I need to know about certain people to help them out. I'm going to go into uh, the the psychic management realms, which is where things are being formed in thoughts and in deeds and things like that before they hit the ground, which is where sometimes uh, people are called to uh, alter things before they hit the ground so that something doesn't go awry. Uh, Marilyn, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we do have a caller. Sure. A caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you? Hi. Oh, doing well. Perfect. And uh, what is the guest name again? I'm sorry. Marilyn. Mar oh, 
I'm so sorry. Hi, oh, Marilyn. No Hi, nice to nice to talk to you. You too. What's your I name? apologize. Uh, I'm Marcy, and Hi, Marcy. I'm an old fart, and I just had a, a brain <laughs> Me fart. Me too. Okay. <laughs> you were talking about out of the out of body experiences in your early life, and the first time I remember having an out of body experience, I guess I was. Well, I was a baby. I was maybe two, three, four years old, no, three years old-ish. And I remember in the morning, I would wake up, my mom would already be up, and I would run into, I'd be out of body, run into the mm -hmm. kitchen, look what she was doing, and do something, tug her or something like that to get her attention, run back, get into body, and she would come back and check in on me, then I'd wake up. And I remember doing that a lot of times, and I think I was just being a brat. <laughs> well, that's not uncommon at all. And you know, um, I used to when my when my children were young, I would see them in their you know out of body states as well. You know, and so especially with young children, you know, young children are closer to the to the uh, veil uh, for a little while, right. and then it slowly kind of goes away with a lot of people. And so that's not um, unusual at all. That's a, a, a very good, that's, yes, that's an out-of-body experience for sure. Uh, by the way, Marilyn, on the, to tag on to that, do you subscribe to that notion that uh, children, they, at that age, that I guess you could say one to about uh, five years old or six, I, I believe it says, where these children, they remember past lives. Well, yes, I, I have. I definitely agree that that happens. It doesn't happen with every single child, but I do believe that that happens. And I definitely witness things like that with my my own children at different points. Uh, you know, not only do they remember past lives, but sometimes they still have more conscious memory of uh, like uh, con contacts that they have still in the spirit. You know, because before you know, life between lives, as people talk about. Uh, there's there's contracts that are made. And so, like, for instance, um, you might have relatives or other people who are, uh, you know, who are going to watch over that child and direct them in a certain way to towards the uh, calling that they're going to serve in their lifetime. And so, for instance, like one of my children, she would see her great grandfather who was always kind of talking to her about medical things. And she ended up in the medical field. Um, and oh, wow. so things like that, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and Marcy, how was it that you remember that? I, I can't That is unusual to remember yeah. that so, so I, young. I remember like picture frames. I see. Of, of my early life. I remember, I think my earliest memory, I don't know how old I was, but I remember being wrapped up in a blanket, being very tiny and being carried out from we, uh, my parents were visiting friends, and I was really tiny. I mean, I was in this little tiny baby blanket, and there was a bottle, and I just re remember being carried out the door, and that was it. But I have these these uh, flashbacks to extremely early age, but nothing I could tag an age onto except. I was very little. My father passed away when I was uh, four-ish. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's early. And yeah. 
but there, there are some memories I have where he's in it, and I just, I have uh, a lot of memories of very, very early childhood, and some of them are before we as humans are supposed to start uh, recording memories, if you know what I mean. Yeah. There's a few people and that have had that, um, that I've heard about, but it is a little bit unusual, not something you see every day, you know? Well, some of it I can uh, take advantage of. Some of it is still confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back, was, Michael, to your, yes. your question, too, about, um, uh, you know, for people who think it's sinister, you know, um, the the out-of-body travel that I uh, experience, you know, first of all, I, I've, you know, studied a great deal of mystical theology, which is, a you know, a, an area of study mostly in the Catholic Church, but it's also, you know, mystical theology is worldwide. It, it's, it's in every religion. You know, you use the biblical discernment um, from the book of John and, um, you, you utilize, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of education for those who read my books. You're going to learn a lot about spiritual warfare, a lot about protecting yourself and a lot about following this path, um, towards the holy good for your soul. And so it's, I can understand why people might feel that way, but, but we do a lot of, uh, there's a lot that goes into this, uh, that is, it's not uh, just, we don't just play around with it, so to sure. speak. Sure, yes. Does that make sense? Yes, and I definitely want to ask you a little bit uh, further about the whole protection thing. Uh, but before we do, uh, Marcy. Yes. I do yes, want to. I do. Yeah, go ahead. If you, if you have another question, oh. definitely go ahead. I do, but you go first. I was just going to say, I <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say thank you so much for calling in. I wasn't kicking you off just oh. yet, but I was just saying. Uh. I just wanted to say thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I haven't heard your voice in so long. Well, you're welcome. I haven't heard yours either, and I miss you, man. Uh, we all <laughs> missed you. Lots of people in the chat room have been wondering, where is Star? Well, I'm here. I w Let's just say I was on a savant. Yeah, you okay. were on hiatus. Um, exactly. Um, no worries. Go ahead. I, I just I want to... Uh, put forth uh, a theory of mine sure. that we right now we are in a we are in an unusual not unusual I'm sorry we are in a time of change that is historic I mean it's the kind of change that happens you were right the first time though star it is unusual too decision Every gazillion thousands of years, okay? Right. Anyway, <laughs> well, at least in very long times. But I think we are right now uh, going through changes and uh, getting into – oh, shoot. I, I had this written down too, Brett. Um, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we are – it's not so much separating, but – going into different realities it's it's like when a cell it's like when a, a baby cell okay the the egg is starting to divide and redivide to become the being like when after the sperm hits the egg it's the cell start dividing and dividing and multiplying and so on and so forth and 
we are just about ready to be a new being, but in many different realities because we have such imagination that there is more than one reality waiting for all of us. And we are projecting out the reality we want to be in, whether we realize it or not. What we are drawing to us is the new reality we are going to go into and experience from that point on. And from there, we start over again and start working up to the next cell division. Oh, crap. Does that sound weird? Am I out of there? Should I go see a counselor? No, you're fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I would say to that is, ironically, you know, um, throughout the 90s, I had a lot of prophetic experiences um, with my out-of-body travel, and um, a lot of it had to do with what was coming, you know, with the uh, 9-11 and everything that's happened subsequently. And mm -hmm. in the mid-90s, I was shown that the time between 2026 and 2030 were going to be pivotal for our world. And I was also shown exactly what you just said the two Earths and how we're all going to be vibrating to the one that we're most compatible to at exactly. some point in this juncture. And yeah, there will be activities and events in the world in the next 10, I guess, 10 to 15 years that will determine because we are making a determination as to whether or not the uh, human race will vibrate to a higher level of frequency or if we're going to go backwards. And there is a lot of energy coming in trying to push us backwards into a lot of darkness and evil and things that we want to uh, stay away from, the war type things. Um, mm -hmm. But um, but there is this chance that we have to uh, bring in a celestial victory, so to speak, and uh, raise humanity to a higher standard. And that would change our whole reality, not just in the sense of our world would be completely uh, different, but we would also be looking at, you know, an intergalactic kind of civilization at that time if we are to exactly. pull this off. So what you're saying doesn't sound uh, nutty at all to me. It sounds exactly like what I've been shown for the last 20, 30 years. And we're seeing uh, it in society as well. Yes. We're seeing this uh, shift in well, yes. consciousness, society no doubt. Society is a reflection of what humanity is doing. Yes. And it's becoming, um, it's everything is getting so estat, not static, but ecstatic, uh, very energized. And it's like challenging what is going to be rising, what needs to be um Times are changing, and of course, uh, yes. Star and uh, Marilyn, we are definitely halfway through uh, 2019, and how fast this year is going yeah, by is pretty sure. remarkable. Yes, it has gone very well, fast. Just, Go ahead, Marcy. I just, I just hope I get to stick around long enough to to see the uh, at the finish line. I mean, at the result, and a little bit on where it's going because. I don't have that much time left. I mean, I'm old. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I'm an old fart. I'm, You'll get uh, to see it either way. Whether you think you're, you're here or there, you're going to see well, it. So. Yeah, but yeah, I can hear <laughs> from up there or in here, and I kind of want to be with the group to cheer before I go cheer from upstairs. So, Marcy, you think yeah. you're, yeah. Marcy, you think you're checking out soon? Oh, hell, I hope not. <laughs> I'm not planning on it. Well, 
you have to keep in <laughs> mind, uh, Paul Hellier, you know, he's about 99 now probably, and he's still going strong. Oh, well, hell, if I get that much, then I'm good to go. <laughs> I think you can make yeah, it. I think you can too. I think you can too. Okay, and you know, I'm, I'm going to the... say something, and it's it's gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna kick my ass for it. But yeah, I'm naughty. in my seventies. You're not that old. <laughs> Anytime I say you're not that old, oh, I always think of um, Paul Hellier. I, I, that's who I compare well, everyone hey, to. Remember, like, you're not that old. Seventy is the new fifty. Okay. That's right. You got it, girl. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And I don't you know, feel any more than 29. After I reached 29, I said, that's him, Slim. I'm there. And that's where it stayed. Well, we do have, we do, we are, we are working towards what could be a new birth point for the earth. And, you know, I was told by a, a being named Yamath Simith, like in the early 2000s, that um, the, the, the goal was for us to fulfill the function of our survival. And for those of us who will be there, when that happens, we will have, uh, it will be so necessary for us to be prepared to rebuild a society that is based on spiritual values. And um, yeah. that's part of the reason the purification journey um, is so important for all of us now, because we have to be prepared to be the warriors of the light as these times come upon us. Uh, and we also have to be prepared to uh, build up, uh, build up now, but also build up then, depending on the whatever happens, whatever comes to pass here in these coming times. So we want to fulfill that function of our survival and remember that um, it can be a birth point, and that's what we're shooting for. But this is a true, uh, this is a true turning point. This means that it could either go forward or it can go backwards, and so it could go backwards, and so that's why so many of us um, need to rise up in prayer and rise up in um, the, uh, you know, moving towards becoming more and more spiritually uh, uh, energized where we become capable of altering reality in this realm and in other spheres, because that's how we're going to do it. And Marilyn, what about those folks I, out I there do. who say religion is dangerous and it's used to divide society and ooh, the world? Ooh, what about those ooh, folks, Marilyn? Ooh, ooh, well, ooh, you know, let those... me answer. Let me answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Marcy. If you want Marcy, to... go, ahead. go ahead, Marcy. I Take it off. I have a heart in that, uh, quote, religion, unquote, is kind of a, a, a mindset put forth to control. Uh, I'm one of the, uh, I was saying this long before it became a cliche, but I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And I think somebody uh, pilfered that, or not pilfered, but... Uh, Oh, I forgot the word. Anyway, they stole your copyright. Your copyright phrase there. <laughs> no, uh, play, plagiarize. That's it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. I was the, saying that a long time ago. There are a lot truly, of real important answers to that question, and um, the first one is that they're they are right in that it has been used in that way. But what we have to remember is that all religions were born from mystical experience, from a great out of body travel revelation that came to these prophets, saints, mystics, and sages from throughout time. What happens is that when that vision, when that non-constructed construct is forced into uh, matter, mm -hmm. 
you try to create structure, which is not something which is compatible to the Holy Spirit. And so that's what happens exactly. in terms of on the ground, it gets, it can get corrupted. And it's just the simple nature of the fact that humanity is built up of people who have different issues and different, uh, you know, we are flawed human beings. Plus, we lost to religion because uh, Marcy, I, I just want to quickly say that uh, had we lost Marilyn. Uh, we lost Marilyn there for a moment and Marilyn, you're back. I'm not sure what happened there. I think, I think the internet signal went down. I Sorry. do not know. Uh, yes. I, I apologize. But yeah, but we, you know, I wrote a book called Near Death and Out-of-Body Experiences of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages in World Religions, which is actually intended for this very point, which is it goes in and, and I poured through all the ancient sacred texts to get the birth and death stories of the prophets and all of that and, and the, in the saints, mystics, and sages of each religion too. And what it does is it, it brings you back to the fact that it's not, uh, it's, not the, it's not the spiritual revelation that was flawed. It's the fact that human beings who don't understand spiritual right. revelation exactly. shove it into a structure that, it, that cannot contain it properly. And then it gets, uh, you know, then these things happen. Uh, so that's a really big problem because we have seen a lot of very serious problems, violence, wars, and stuff going on for, you know, literally millenniums. Um, and we need to uh, recognize that this is the uh, this is the you know the misinterpretation and the uh, all of that stuff that happens to it when it comes down to earth. And um, the reality is, is that God appears to people throughout time and history in every nation, in every continent, and uh, it's really important that we respect that, that we respect that there are different faiths and they have different practices and there's a reason for that. God created us flawed. He also created us in different regions of the world where he knew that these types of practices and faiths would arise uh, in terms of just understanding the reincarnational cycle and the karmic ramifications of it, you know, there are reasons why some in some lifetimes we may need to incarnate in a country where we're going to be Muslim or incarnate in a country where we're going to be Buddhist. It's just a necessary part of the the journey of the human soul. And so we have to stop beating each other up and thinking that someone has to be right or wrong, because the reality is, is that they all have a purpose. Right. And Marcy, Marilyn? do you go ahead, Marcy? Oh, Marilyn, I just want to say that you're totally right. Oh, but there, thank you. there, there. Well, yeah, you already knew that, though. No, no I, um, I, could, I could be wrong, but I'm just sharing. Yes, <laughs> thank no, you. No, well, you sound pretty much spot on. But what I was going to say, there, there has been for millennium groups of people who take spirituality and religion. And use it as a control force right. and use it to get people to follow a certain rule, a certain law to a point that they are terrified that they are going to be uh, punished in life or after life with the most horrific punishment. And they're using they're using that ideology to control i'm glad you mentioned that to 
to follow their way so they can get what they want. They can get their power, their influence, and get people away from God's heart. Yes, and I'm, and I'm glad you... God's love. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that. And Marcy, I do want to thank you for calling in. I uh, appreciate it greatly. Uh, and it was nice talking welcome. to you, Marcy. Yes. You too, Marilyn. Thank you very much, Michael. Nice to meet and you. I'm going to hang up now. Yes. <laughs> thank right, you, Marilyn. Care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Yeah, you know, she brings up a great point. And I think what we want to remember, though, is that uh, this is not the uh, the purpose or the meaning behind the original revelations. And that's where we have to go back to. If yes. We want to find the pure reason, the pure, uh, the pure spirit behind what was intended, you know? Yeah. And on that note about certain individuals who take advantage of, of others, it reminded me of the pastors, the various pastors who are millionaires. You have people like Joyce uh, Mayer. You have people like T.D. Jakes. You also have the other gentleman. I'm forgetting his name right now. I, I think it's like, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Kenneth Copeland, another figure who was also all over the media recently as well. He's also another name I go to every now and then who I can't believe is his net worth is that much. It's unbelievable. What is your opinion on these individuals who many believe take advantage of their own flock? Well, I don't have a particular opinion on on any of these individuals. Um, you know what I what I do know is that there is a thread in uh, Protestantism that believes in a prosperity gospel, and I think that that's where most of these people are coming from. I see. So that's a particular belief that they have. Now that is not something that like Catholicism teaches at all. So it's very different from where I might be coming from and what what I. Um, teach and what I've been sure taught, sure you know I, and so yes it's a it's a different uh it's a different belief system uh that has to do with the prosperity gospel and what about in terms of Jesus if he was alive today where do you think he would align himself uh, with society right now I don't think Jesus would ever align himself with society. I think. You ever, but I mean, do you think he would <laughs> perhaps think that society is just terrible right now? Well, I think that it, I think that what we see in society today is very similar to what we've seen for the you know all of known history. You know, it's not that different. Part of the reason it's not that different is because it's a mortal realm, and this is what happens here. Um, if you look throughout the historical record, you're going to see that uh, the very same types of things that plague us in these days have always plagued humankind in different wars and different stages throughout history. So, um, you know, I can't speak for Christ, so I can sure. just, you know, share an opinion. But I can say that I think that Christ um, would be um, unlikely to uh, uh, be uh, joined with any societal thing i think he would probably be a you know an, a, you know like a little cave hermit probably <laughs> you know and maybe he i wouldn't would, blame you know, him <laughs> you know i don't know if you're familiar with like the early desert fathers you know in the in the history of the church there's the early uh, church fathers who wrote all of you know tons and tons of the early writings but there's also the early desert fathers and those were the ones uh who who wrote the philokalia which is a beautiful 
uh, compilation of the writings of these desert hermits that literally many of them lived in caves and they were very, very holy people. They ha There were desert hermits who were male and female. They called them the desert mothers and fathers. Um, and I think that if you're really trying to attain to a really true spirituality, there's always going to be some solitariness to the path that you'll take because society is not geared to uh, teach that sort of thing. It's, it's meant to teach something different. You know, in John Bunyan's work, The Pilgrim's Progress, he talks about the uh, wide road and the narrow road. And of course, that's in the Bible, too. But right. Um, you know, the the narrow road is, is the one that we have to take if we really want to uh, seek God on a, on a personal level and, and try to seek out holy ideals. Um, the, the wide road, obviously, is worldliness. Um, worldly wise man is what uh, John Bunyan calls the, uh, the gentleman in his book who spouts out worldly wisdom, you know, yes. um, that makes sense to most people because most people are very grounded and very worldly. But, uh, you know, uh, the things of God are not comprehensible to the things of man. So when very we cool. are seeking to uh, get closer to an all holy and almighty God, we are going to have to seek the path that will lead us down the path of holiness that's because we have to become more like that which we seek. So if we are seeking the all-holy God, we have to follow something that's going to teach us what holiness is. And ironically, one of the things I do focus a lot on is mystical theology, because that is actually what it is. It's a branch of theology that deals with mystical visions and the mystics uh, throughout the world from forever. And the and the path of mystical theology involves this intrinsic self-scrutiny, this evaluation, this looking deeply that, um, you know, we can't just look in the exterior world for, for that answer. We're not going to find that there. We're going to have to go inward to find that holy path. And that's going to be a, a quiet, solitary place. Yes, the answers always come from within. That's yes. something I've always felt was the truth and i've researched many different groups and different philosophies and it always goes back down to what comes from the inside rather than the outside in my personal opinion right and marilyn right. here's another one if jesus was alive today would he be a hippie <laughs> i don't know i mean you know christ is is as he always was, always will be, and is, to, you know, so he could be, Christ is such that he could be whatever he wanted to be or whatever he needed to be in order to reach the heart of mankind, you know. So, yeah, sure, he could be a hippie. He could also be a businessman. He could also be, you know, a priest. He could, you know. I was kind we, of more along the lines referring to the alleged travels he he had to India. Oh, yeah, I've done a lot of study on that, and I think it's a, there's a lot, a lot of people of, get angry about that when I bring up the travels of Jesus or what they're called the lost years, quote unquote, of uh, Jesus and the other life that he lived. Lots of other religious folks that I bring that up to, they they get so mad, they get furious with me. Well, I'm not going to be one of them. I Thank have God. studied that a lot, and I think um, 
there is a lot of evidence to support the fact that that is something that has to be considered. You know, there, there are historical sites all throughout India. There are um, actually, you know, texts that have been found in Buddhist monasteries that are uh, believed to be attributed to Christ when he spent his time there. Um, but, you know, for those who haven't heard of it, there is a lot of material out there. Um, you have to look at the evidence before you just say that's, you know, before you just dismiss it. Sure. There is so much evidence, you know, in terms of where uh, Mary Magdalene, where Mary was buried, where the tomb of Christ is in India today, the tomb of St. Issa. I'm led to and believe that. Also, yeah. you know, I'm led to believe that's true. Yes. And, you know, um, he was considered, you know, a, a, a holy man in Islam as well as also in the Hindu faith. Uh, as well. And and one of the interesting things I'll, sh I'll just share, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm kind of, you, you, you opened a big can of worms That's okay. There, we we still know? got some time here. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the liturgies, you know, I spent a lot of time studying the liturgies. And what I find fascinating when I did the study on the stories about Jesus in India, and, you know, there is so much archaeological evidence but you look at the liturgies as well. The liturgies in the Catholic Church, the oldest one we have goes back to Jerusalem, and that one was uh, written by St. James. But there was uh, St. Thomas was the one who wrote the liturgies that come out of that area, the Indian, uh, the Indian continent and area. And... Um, it's interesting because there's so many things. Uh, St. Thomas was often said to be almost like the spitting image of Christ. And so, you know, we have these two guys that apparently either looked an awful lot alike or, <laughs> um, but it's very possible that this liturgy may have actually been, you know, uh, Christ might have had a hand in it, you know. I don't rule it out. And, you know, and there are some very interesting documents as well that um, I included in a book that I talked about earlier, The Limb of the Redemption, the one I wrote about my mother's afterlife experiences. I also spoke in there because, you know, I, I uh, take a lot of detours. There are some ancient texts that I found that were literally uh, very, not, not very well-known texts, but literally the words and the prayers of Christ directly to his apostles. And it's really fascinating stuff um, because these would be, the original liturgy. This would go before St. James in Jerusalem, and it's just so beautiful. And you can you can read it in uh, The Limb of the Redemption, but um, there's just so much to discover about that. For people who uh, don't know about the, uh, you know, the claims that are made about India, uh, be open to checking it out and looking at the actual evidence. There's so much evidence, it's hard to just say uh, you can dismiss it's it. It's hard to dismiss it, yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, the archaeological evidence definitely shows that something did happen. You know, and one of the theories, and this is just my theory, sure. so, you know, I want to make sure I'm making that clear. <laughs> you know, one possibility, too, is that if St. Thomas, bidding image of Christ, it's possible that St. Issa was St. Thomas, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> and that people thought he was Christ. However, I still feel, based on everything that I studied on it, I think it's possible he was there after the crucifixion. Amazing. And, so <laughs> and of course, you can find Marilyn Hughes, all her work at outofbodytravel.org. We are running out of time here, but we're not done just yet. I do have a few more things to ask you. 
and sure. and they go back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of society and it seems like right now we've been having all sorts of um, complex issues and one of those ongoing complex issues we have right now in society comes from this other thing going on right now in terms of the LBGT community. Um, I think it's the LGBTQ community. I'm not quite sure how it goes now at the top of my head here. But are, are you against gay marriage, Marilyn? No, I'm not. Um, you know, I think that uh, personally, I think uh, it would have been fine. Uh, this, this is, you know, just a personal view to sure. have the... Uh, uh, you know, we, I think we had the ability to have the, uh, you know, the legal, the legal union thing. I can't remember what it's called. You definitely caught me off guard on That's that okay. one. That's okay. I know. Um, I, I just wanted but, um, definitely, yeah, you yes. know, I think, you know, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that at all. And in fact, you know, one thing I would say about that, and, um, I actually have kind of strong feelings about it. I am not someone, I don't, I don't like the way things become so militant. However, the one, there are some militant things I would say, which is, you know, God created gay people too. Leave them alone. Love them. <laughs> you know, um, you know. I've I've spoken to many people who have been so hurt by this um, because uh, they're just. It's a pretty going- big issue. It's a pretty big issue yeah. and that people are being being really hurt. And I'm talking about people who are gay or yes. lesbian or and who are literally self-hatred. I mean, it's terrible. Some of them are. And we need to we need to remember that God created all of us. And you know, one of the things that we can do and uh you know, I'm going to go a little out on the limb here, That's is okay. just remind people, you know, there are over 600 Deutero uh canonical laws in the Talmudic law for the Judaism. Um, and this this particular thing in Deuteronomy is just one of them. And I challenge anyone who wants to really give these people a hard time to go look at all the other Deuterocanonical laws, because I don't know of anyone who follows probably more than two of them. <laughs> so, you know, yes. the, you know, it's it's a lot harder when we place those laws and direct them to ourselves to be harsh and unkind and unloving to another person who um, who is really, you know, you know, really um struggling and uh being hurt internally being you know being in told by society that they have no right to exist it's so i just tell people remember god created us all and therefore your problem is solved that means you have to love everyone and you have to try to be present for everyone we all have different issues it doesn't change the fact that whatever whatever the issue may be about homosexuality, it doesn't change the fact that the rest of us all have these other issues, which again, going back to purification, you know, lust is an issue, whether you're a heterosexual or a homosexual right. or a lesbian. It's, it's, you know, it's the manner in which things are expressed and um, put forth. And so we, we have to like give people a break. You know what I mean? I'm Give with you. A break. Yes. Yeah. I, I have personally, I have zero issue with anyone wanting to get married who is gay, lesbian. Everyone has an equal opportunity to be just as miserable as the rest of the people <laughs> yeah. in heterosexual relationships or marriages. Rather, I don't Good see. Point. Yeah. I <laughs> yes. just think if you want to get married, go ahead. If that's what you want to do, I have no issue with that. 
whatsoever. I, I'll even support it, uh, to be honest. Uh, I'll support gay marriage, whatever. Big deal. It's not much of an issue. However, I do have an issue with something else, however. And okay. I did learn about the uh, 2020 uh, Democratic candidates this year. Uh, all of them support this one bill uh, that is called the Equality Act, if I remember correctly, which would require schools to include male athletes who identify as transgender girls on female sports teams. And personally, I, I can't really support that too much because men are just naturally stronger. We have more body mass. And it's it's just a little bit of an unfair advantage, in my personal opinion, when men who are transgendered and they start competing against the girls. That's just strictly my opinion. People out there can choose whatever they want to uh, think on that matter. But Marilyn, how do you feel about that? Do you think that perhaps that's wrong to do or do you think that's the right thing to do? I I don't I don't like that idea either. I'm totally with you on that one, but I would take it further in that you know, this is where I think this is what I mean when you, everyone gets so militant they and get all this stuff angry. and then yeah. you have the you know, you have the bathroom issues. This subject stuff, gets know. people real it, angry. It's just um it's excessive. It's it's like okay, just um you know, we need to accept one another, but the reality is uh you know, for instance, you can take this a lot further. Um, if, if you're going to do stuff like that, um, you cannot lower the standard. For instance, if you're dealing with firefighters, police, special forces, army, Navy, Marines, you cannot lower the standards for, um, people to be in that position that will then put other people in danger because you're lowering the standards so that it's quote unquote fair. The reality is, is that male and female are different and, uh, you can't take it to that extreme. And that's what I re I'm referring to when I say militant. Yes. I don't think it's necessary, like in a high school for, for people to have access to the other bathroom. I think it's perfectly fine to just let people be in the anatomical bathroom that they match. Uh, makes everyone the most comfortable. Most and comfortable, that's just yeah. the way to do it. Uh, in my view, yes. I think that it goes way too far when we, when we do this sort of thing, obviously we're going to have situations where, uh, the that would completely change the outcome of sportsmanship and keeping things fair for women's sports. And it also, you know, it applies on other levels as well. Um, it, it applies, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, military issues, when you're dealing with, with other things, we should not lower the standard just in my view, we should not lower the physical standard just so women can get in. I think that if there's women who can meet that standard, and then some let can, them in. and some can, that's yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm we are you. different, and um, we don't want to put people at more risk simply because we're trying to be so fair that we're not being fair at all. Yes, I you think know? we've gone overboard with the whole political correctness, in my opinion. I agree. Just a I little too far. It, it, yes. I mean, all these things, they do they do start with, with these folks having, I guess you could say, their hearts in the right place. But things, as they progress, they sort of muddy the waters. And that's kind of what we see a lot. Yes, it does. And I, I, I just think it's not as complicated as it's been made. And, you know, just like in the last few years, especially... Um, I don't think it has to be this complicated. I think that we just deal with 
you know, the way things are in terms of, you know, uh, physically, what are women able to do? Physically, what are men able to do? It's just, it's just a, a biological fact. It's just a reality that we all have to accept. You know, no that's, doubt. that's how I, I kind of feel about it. I think it gets, I think a lot of subjects and a lot of issues get really thrown out of balance because of this kind of, um, uh, like going outside of common sense, you know, um, Equality is absolutely necessary and loving one another is absolutely necessary, but we don't need to, um, uh, we don't need to be illogical, <laughs> you know? Very true. And <laughs> Marilyn, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. It's been such an awesome time talking to you. I feel like oh, I could. great time with you too, Michael. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. Yeah, uh, we could. Yeah. We? <laughs> I feel like there's so much more I do want to ask you about in terms of society and in terms of the conspiratorial angles out there. There's so much I, I want to ask you, but of course yeah. we, yeah, but of course we definitely are running out of time, but I definitely want to extend my hand to you and bring you back on the program at another time. Sure. I'd love to. Amazing. I would love to. Awesome. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the sound of Marilyn Hughes. You can find her website at outofbodytravel.org, outofbodytravel.org. And my goodness, uh, Marilyn, you've written so many books. I'm blown away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's like, how do you, how did you have the time to do all these, make all these books here? Well, you know, it's interesting how it works because if I'm not energized to write, I can't write a word. But if the Holy Spirit comes upon me, it's just all over the place. You know, uh, I can go all night. Yeah, it's and, like you and channel. So it is a yeah. It's definitely right. It's not me. It's it's whatever the the gift that that God has given me to to you know move within me. I know um, what that's like. Without it, it yeah. I can't write anything. <laughs> sometimes that yeah, sometimes that happens, especially on the show. I take notes for the program, but all those notes go out the window and it's, you know, I listen back sometimes, not all the time, but once in a while I do. And I'm thinking, how on earth did I come up with that? Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. That's, that's a lot of, that's very similar to the process to writing. that I go through. Writing. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Very I, much so. I was just going to say, I'm sure there are times when you're just looking at a blank a piece of paper and you don't exactly know what the hell you're going to write. And then 30 minutes later, it's like, Someone is feeding you information out of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> I get that all the time. Yep. That's how it, that's how it works. That's crazy. And sometimes, you know, too, um, every book that I've written, I, I was given the title and, you know, in the out of body travel state. And um, a lot of times the books are shown to me in the mystical realms as, you know, I'm being shown how to start forming it and start a, start creating them. And so it's, it's very, a very, um, moving process with, you know, both sides of the veil working hard to make it happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Incredible. Yes. So Marilyn, it's a tremendous honor and pleasure to have you here and we'll do this again soon, Marilyn, I promise. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Michael. Oh yes. And by the way, I'm sorry to um, forget this part, but any final words before I let you go? The floor is yours, Marilyn. Go ahead. Uh, well, just head out to the website at outofbodytravel.org. You can download all of our books for free, and you're going to learn a lot uh, about how to have those experiences. I do have a set of how-to books that work in sequence. There's nine volumes in it. You can follow that. But we also have the course of study, 
and a lot of people are starting to have these experiences. And um, so I welcome you to join us. And thank you so much for listening. Perfect, Marilyn. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again on the other side. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Mahalo. You too. Bye-bye. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one and only Marilyn Hughes. Find her work over at travel or outofbodytravel.org, rather. And, of course, I do want to thank all of you out there that are still listening in here. And, of course, those who listen to this on a replay. Hello from the future. Thank you to the Fringe FM and, of course, Deprogrammed Radio. I also want to turn your attention to michaeldeacon.com. Right-hand side of the screen, there is a donation button. Definitely donate any amount you'd like. And, of course, keep in mind, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon and throw in a few dollars and you'll be able to get exclusive content. Pretty soon I will be filling that up. Oh, yes, that's patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Five dollars is all I'm asking. And you will be getting numerous programs and none of those shows will be heard here on YouTube or on the podcast rendition of the program. And by the way, if you do donate over at michaeldeacon.com through PayPal, I will be giving you those exclusive episodes from Patreon. Don't worry, you will get those too if you donate that way. And of course, you can uh, catch the free podcast rendition of this program by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and CastBox. I prefer CastBox, by the way. It's a pretty good, useful app. I'm not quite sure if any of you out there use that one uh, personally, but I prefer it. I think it's pretty damn good. Most of the people use iTunes, and that's the, the most popular one. And iTunes is, is, is totally cool, but CastBox, that's where it's at, in my personal opinion. I think it works a lot better, and go for it. CastBox, go there. And of course, I want to thank our international listeners out there, those in the UK, Canada, Australia, France, Netherlands, and Ireland. And of course, we do have a few folks out there in Germany, Sweden, and Finland. And welcome to those in Mexico and Norway. And wouldn't you know, we do have South Africa now on the screen. That is tremendous in my opinion. And of course, those in the United States... Those who listen in the most are those in California. That still boggles my mind, ladies and gentlemen. I had no idea that people in California would actually be tuning into this, but they sure do, and they still remain on top of the charts. Love that. And of course, thank you to those who listen in tonight once again. It's been fun. I return next week. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for being here. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Let's call it a heart attack. Give me some of that knack. This is just a final payback. They all flipped on me. Took my passions, left me to be. When I had a place to sit, goddamn attitude to fit. All crystal through where they spit it. Things